Howdy do who fans and welcome to the Big Blue Box Podcast. My name's Gary. My name's Adam. And we're back for episode 207. Have you ever thought what it's like to be wanderers in the fourth dimension? Nobody in the universe can do what we're doing. I've reversed the polarity of the neutron flow so the TARDIS should be free of the force field now. There's no point in being grown up if you can't be childish sometimes. The trouble with time travel is one never seems to find the time. Change, my dear. It seems on a moment too soon. Unlimited rice pudding, etc., etc. I am the doctor. Great men are forged in fire. It is the privilege of lesser men to light the flame. I'm the doctor. This is Rose Tyler. She's my plus one. Is that all right? That would be me. Hello. Surprise. Boom. Etc. I'm the doctor. Do everything I tell you. Don't ask stupid questions. And don't wander off. How can you kid this? I don't like the colour. Howdy, howdy, do who fans? Hope you've all had a cracking week and that you've all managed to do something, something Doctor, Doctor who, who related. related. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I hope you've had a cracking couple of weeks because mm. we were absent last week. I know. I just thought as you introduced the episode, when you were like, this is episode 207, I was thinking, like, what is it? I haven't got a clue what episode we're on. We don't know, do we? No, I've lost track. It is 207. I've written it on my pad. Indeed, yeah. You're quite correct. Yes. <laughs> Absent last week, my fault completely. I was uh, on my early Christmas break. Normally we go away for Crimbo. Mm. But uh, we're, we're doing something else this year at Christmas, so we thought we'd go away a bit early. So I was over in Canada. Canada, in Canada. Yep, it was lovely and fresh and cold there, nice and cool. Mm. It's all good. I'll tell you what, mate, I'm not impressed with the amount of merch that I couldn't find over there. No. Bloody no, I don't think you'd find me one of those Funko Pops, the 13 Pop. We're both so desperate to get our grubby little hands on, but no, you did get one thing, though, that was cool, I saw. Yeah, yeah, I picked up the uh, 13th Doctor Sonic, the 720. Yeah. Is it Which is good, because yeah. it's costing quite a bit of money still to get that imported over here. I think if you want to get it shipped over to the UK, it's about 30 quid. So you got it for presumably the actual retail price, which is good. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. My um, my goal, though, was to pick up that TARDIS Funko Pop. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's the one. That's the, go- that's the holy grail of merch at the minute, isn't at it? At the minute, yeah. So I thought, well, I'm going to be in North America. It shouldn't be too difficult. I'll have a good hunt around. And I'll tell you what, mate, not only that, but just the merch in general was, yeah, not, it wasn't doing the business, mate. Oh, man, that's bad. You know, sometimes when you and I have gone into Forbidden Planet and we've just looked <laughs> at the Doctor Who display and thought, Do you remember the last time we were in there together <laughs> and that, that cabinet of all the figures that had fallen over and were covered in cobwebs and just <laughs> like no one had been near that cabinet for years, had they? It was all like the series. Uh, seven merch on it. I think there's like yeah, a little Dorian yeah. figure. Oh dear, it was depressing, wasn't it? it One was, in a, a cat T-shirt, a Doctor Who cat T-shirt. It was dreadful, wasn't it? The last time we went into FP, it was uh, dreadful. So was it a bit like that? Was it a little bit bland? It was, mate. Yeah. There's a couple of comic book shops that I go into whenever I we go to Toronto, and one of them's called the yeah. Silver Snail, which is a really cool <laughs> comic book shop. 
It's, it's really cool. It's like a, oh, I like the name. It, it's like it's like Forbidden Planet, but it's got a coffee shop in it as well. Oh, great! So it's oh, really imagine nice. if FP yeah. had a coffee shop, right? Oh, they oh. are missing a trick there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, we'd we'd be we'd literally <laughs> live in there, wouldn't we? It'd be like, guys, we're like, you know, we shut ten minutes ago. Ah, uh, just finishing up this cuppa, mate, that we've made last all day. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, it's perfect for the your your other half that's not quite as appreciative of geek stuff oh, as well. Yes, I hear. You. Yeah, so Nat can sit down and have a drink, and she's like, right, I'll see you in a little <clears> while. Just go and have a look. Anyways, <laughs> the um, they just seem that the merchandise section just seems to be dwindling. Not just for Doctor Who, but because they used to have a really big Star Wars bit as well, and a, a huge DC Comics bit as well. Loads of figures, collectibles, all sorts. Anyways, there isn't, there wasn't one single item of Doctor Who merch in the whole place. Oh gosh, uh, and that's not an over exaggeration. You might think, good. you might think, oh come on, Gary, there must be. You know, a Funko Pop knocking about literally zero. Nothing. Went into wow. another. Have you heard of, on the podcast, we've sometimes mentioned uh, a place called Hot Topic. Yeah, yeah. Went in there. The only bit of merch they had in there was the Sonic screwdriver, which I picked up. Mm. And a couple of t-shirts. That was it. Blimey, because we thought when, when the new series started, we were like, oh, we're going to get back to the glory days, all the merch, <laughs> and, you know, it's not quite happened i mean fp was slightly better when i was in there recently because obviously you've got the jody doll and you've got um sonics and stuff so it was sort of looking a bit more as a couple of titans as well so it's looking a bit more fleshed out that shelf i have to say the cabinet's still full of dust but <laughs> <laughs> but it looked a bit more promising and i thought you know the annual will be out soon calendars it will start to fill up but yeah it's still looking a bit bleak on the merch side isn't it of, of things in general really it is a little bit mm. yes are you, I bet you're good. Did you? Because you didn't pick up the UK Sonic, did you? No, it was the the North American version. Yeah, yeah. I was just wondering yeah. if you'd got both. So you've you've got because I was going to say watching Rosa, you must be quite pleased because when I, I've got both, I've got the UK and the American, and I was saying like the American one, obviously the end spins, and, we, and the UK one doesn't. Yes, yeah. And we were sort of saying in my review of it, I was like, but yeah, but we we don't know if it does spin in the show yet. So maybe characters is, you know, maybe the UK one is, is uh, accurate, but no, in Rosa, the episode, she pressed the button and it finally spanned, didn't it? It did. The thing. So the actual, yeah. so the 721 is actually the better one yeah. in a way. Yeah. Although it's got that grainy effect, which isn't right. It's a bit, it's weird, isn't it? If you could combine the best bits of both the UK and that Sonic, absolutely, you'd have, you'd yeah. have a perfect Sonic, but yeah, but I love the fact that the 721 actually does that little twirly thing <laughs> with the end core. Just, I don't know, something about it. It's pretty cool. It's yeah. better, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, other than that, mate, there wasn't much going on. Obviously, I watched while I was there. The Space Channel was very cool. Is it? Oh, I thought it was Watch, but it is called the Space Channel, is it? It's just Space, yeah. It's a very yeah. cool channel, yeah. Um, they're having a Star Trek marathon as well. Oh. And I'm not a Trekkie. You've, no, I've, you're not, are I've you? I've mentioned no. this before. I'm, you know, I don't really do the Trek Mm. too often i think the only bit of trek i've got into was i think it was was it earlier this year when netflix put out that new discovery it was yeah called, yeah so i thought that was cool but i you know i don't really do trek but i just found myself sitting there you know snacks drinks you know everyone else was doing a thing was it what which series was it classic or it was the classic star trek card films all the films yeah so they were doing the yeah the little film oh, was it about. did you would they have rafa khan yeah 
Oh, so good. I like the Rav Khan. Ah, you see the bit where they put the... <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> see the bit where they put the little maggot in his ear? That yeah, yeah, yeah. freaks me out, yeah. that does. That little scene. But what, what time do they show Doctor Who over there? The, the new, you know, when you're watching... Because I was thinking... I was pretty sure you'd get to see it while you were there rather than having to wait till you come back. So I was thinking, but what? To, when will he see it? Is it is it on in the evening or...? Yeah, so it's on in the evening and uh, it, we're... When we're there, we're five hours behind the UK. So it goes out, I think, at around quarter to eight in the evening on space. Hmm. Something like that. It's like 7.30 or 7.45. So in UK time, that's like midnight here. Okay. Or whatever yeah. it is. Um, yeah. So I think you, they do live... I think there is some way of streaming it over there. That's what I wanted, yeah. Yeah, because they do it as like a simulcast, don't they? So UK, North America, and somewhere else, Australia, I think. Something like that. They do um, like a simulcast thing where it goes out all at the same time. So there is a, there might be another channel or a streaming service where you can watch it, you know, early in the, in the day. Hmm. But yeah, I just caught it when it was on like in the evening time. Did you watch, because I, I can't remember when you come back, did you watch both episodes out there, Rosa and um, no, no, Arachnids, so just Rosa? Yeah, so I came back on Friday, on the Friday, sort of oh, yeah. late morning, and then, yeah, Arachnids was on the Sunday. I'm with you. Yeah. Oh, sweet. So that's what I've been up to, mate, just merch hunting and failing spectacularly, other than the Sonic. <laughs> but you got your Sonic, yeah, yeah. which is cool. You, you been didn't up have much, to pay buddy? 30 quid for <laughs> it, which is also cool. Oh, God, no. You been <laughs> yeah. up too much, dude? Uh, surprisingly not actually considering it's been two weeks um, no I haven't been up to a great deal in fact I really don't know where those two weeks are gone this, is, uh, this last two weeks I can't even think of anything I've done not even Doctor Who related just in general in my life I just don't seem to have done anything <laughs> the last two weeks I'm sure, I, I'm sure I have done some things but um, the only thing that um, does spring to mind is that the other day uh, doing the ironing <laughs> exciting <Yeah>. times <laughs> uh, I listened to um a new big finish, actually, and it was one because normally I've got so many backlogged to listen to that you know I normally when I'm doing the audio think right which one of these billions of big finish releases that I've bought should I actually listen to now, and um, but actually this time I, I bought one specifically to listen to while the audio because um, I was chatting to Ben Lett, our little friend Ben Lett um, oh, from yeah. the Host Productions, and he was saying about this trilogy and blah blah blah. And uh, there'd been this release uh, two months ago with Colin Baker called The Hour of the Cybermen. And um, I think we might have mentioned it on the podcast, but it brought David Banks back as the cyber leader. And I believe it's the first time he's done Big Finish, David Banks, as the, as the cyber leader. Okay. And right. also, what? so I wanted it because of that, but also uh, there's this sort of very loose trilogy with another character, and that's the second part in the trilogy. <laughs> which um, I also really wanted. So that was it. I decided, right, that's what I'm going to get. Um, and I'll tell you what, mate, you know, some, you, you know, like, I think there's a good quality to Big Finish. I think they've got a standard good, you know, they're all fairly good releases. Uh -huh. You don't often get a real clangor from them. They're normally, you know, even if one's better than the other, there's normally something about a Big Finish release that makes it good. Hmm. And then you get the odd really standout release, I think. You know what I mean? There's one that you just think, well, now, hang on, that really was good. <laughs> this is one of them. This is this is a release that I would say is up there with sort of, maybe not quite to spare parts level, but it is up there with it. Because I'll tell you, when I finished it, I was like, that was brilliant. 
and it's and it's not you know because sometimes you sort of switch off a little bit or you know yeah this is good but i don't you know i'm not really listening to it i was engrossed in this mate i tell you like shirts were getting burnt and (laughs) while doing the ironing and stuff that they weren't but (laughs) but i know i'll tell you what it's one i just highly recommend it it was great obviously having david banks back to the side leader because he's got that sort of slightly over the top isn't he? he's like kill them at once and all mm-hmm. this sort of thing but the story was really good as well and um very much of the colin baker era just they've done this sort of sound design with it when the music sounds you know remember how his music's a bit intrusive do, 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 but they, they've managed yeah. to capture that without making it annoying and it it just it could easily have been a television soundtrack it, from then, oh, from cool. back in right. 1980, whatever. It just, it was so well done. Um, so I really, really enjoyed that. And I'll tell you, as much as I don't like Colin Baker's TV stories very much, nothing to do with Colin, just I'm not a fan of the stories much. This, he's so good on Big Finish. I know we've said it before. Um, and he was just really, really good in this as well, especially playing off against David Banks' cyber leader. And, and they also got... Remember when we reviewed Earthshock and you were saying about the guy who played the sort of lieutenant cyber man that was next to, you know, you were saying like, well, normally they're just cybermen, but those yes. two seem to have a bit of rapport and oh, yeah. had a bit more too. He's back as well, a guy called Mark Hardy. Um, he's back as the cyber lieutenant. So you got Banks and him as well. Oh, cool. It's, cool. It's, so it just made it a little bit special if you know what i mean so mm. so yeah if anyone's you know into your big finish and you sort of were thinking about getting that release i do highly recommend it so it's, it's one of those releases that just really sticks in my mind as well that was <clears throat> that was a notch up that was really really good really strong what's the title um, of it uh hour of the cybermen come out about two months ago i think 240 from the main range 240 from the main range yeah right, really right. really good and uh so i listened to that apart from that i haven't really been doing much else so i um we're recording this on halloween <laughs> uh on the wednesday and i've um been trying to think always like to pick out a few little things to watch oh yeah on halloween um and uh i've decided that tonight we whether my partner wants it or not are going to be watching ghost light because <laughs> i just thought that's quite <laughs> spooky and i've never watched it on halloween so i've dug out ghost line ghost light to watch later light um, light so yeah. i'm quite looking forward to that because um <laughs> I think the last time I watched it was when we reviewed it, which is quite a while ago now, isn't it? Oh, it's ages so ago. Yeah. It's ages ago. Yeah, and I watched it for a while, and um, <laughs> I'm just looking forward <laughs> to seeing the confusion on my partner's face throughout the whole thing. It's going to be, we're going to get to the end, and it's going to be like, if, you know, if we make it to the end, it'll be like, what the hell? You know, but yeah, I'm looking forward to that, mate. So that's my Halloween view and sorted. Yeah, that was back in episode 120. Blimey. Yeah which was the 9th of December, 2016. Gosh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking it was last year. Yeah, incredible. Um, so, yeah. You, right. don't suppose, have you dug anything out? Are you into Halloween? Oh, I love Halloween, mate. Absolutely Do you? love it, yeah. yeah. Um, so, in terms of Doctor... I was going to ask you this before we kicked off with our review. What's your... What would you say is your... Or what, what do you think is the creepiest or scariest Doctor Who story? Oh, creepiest or scariest? Yeah, um, one that still gives you the willies. um hmm. actually do you know midnight springs to mind that just that scene where she's got her back to the camera in the carriage you know the the 10th doctor one it's so strange because i know i've said this before but 
it's a story that I, I really, really didn't like on the first time I watched it. Mm. And yeah, I absolutely love Midnight now. And um, that, that strikes me as being a really creepy one. It is creepy, right for sure. But it's, yeah. I don't know if it's the scariest, though. What, what, what would you say? You, you tell me while I have a little think. Yeah, I mean, so there are a couple of creepy ones, and I think they were designed to be creepy. So do you remember the Capaldi story, Hide? Where oh, you had oh, yeah. the, the little whatever that's it was. Doctor, that's the 11th Doctor, wasn't it? Hide? Hide. Oh, uh, hold on. Oh, sorry, yeah. So the Capaldi one was called Listen, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. with the little thing under the bed sheet. Yes. That yeah, thing, that was yeah. really creepy, that bit. Mm. And they, I watched that for yeah. a while. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the 11th Doctor one, Hyde was really good, like in the big old haunted house with the... That thing with a funny long neck yeah. chasing through the forest, wasn't it? Yeah, so like the first half of that episode mm. was very good. It was very, you know, typical old lightning outside and big haunted house and yeah. walk around with candles, a bit ghost story-ish. But and I think in terms of classic Who... I think Morbius is pretty, pretty oh, creepy. Oh, that's a, that's a, that'd be, actually, God, I wish I thought of that. That would have been a great one to watch tonight because actually that one's a bit more watchable for, I mean, for my other half, I'm thinking like, you know, that's probably a bit more accessible as a story in it than Ghostlight. Yeah. Um, that would be a great one for Halloween, actually. I'm not going to swap it up because I've made my decision. You've made but it, yeah. I've made that decision, but maybe next Halloween, I'll try to remember. That is a good shout. Um, I was going to say as well, I, I always think that um, The Empty Child and The Doctor Dances has actually got some really great hmm. creepy moments in it. Like the, the bit where... Oh, poor old Victor Meldrew. I've forgotten the character, the Doctor. <laughs> Doctor Constantine, isn't yes, it? Sir. Constantine. Yeah. When he, you know, when he was like turning, morphing into the gas mask face, that that was really, even back then, I was like, wow, they're really pushing the boundaries sort of thing. Um, so that's got some great creepy moments, isn't it? You know, mummy and all that. Yeah. Still, I still yeah. think that's quite a creepy, good creepy story. Um, I'm sure there's loads about, oh, listeners are like shouting out us now saying, oh, what about so-and-so? Because, Doctor Who, when it does scary, I think most of the time gets it pretty bang yeah. on. Actually, yeah. there's gets, been some. It? Um, there's been a, a couple of episodes with the Weeping Angels that are a bit creepy. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? Because Blink, I think Blink is a, a really good episode, but I never get why people say it's that scary. No. I think there's only you know, like the jump moments. I always think are quite predictable in it in a way. Like you know, when she turns around and the angels right there. I I get it. I mean, it is a great episode. And I get why people say that, but. I never think it's as scary as it could be. I always feel like they were just slightly holding back with, with Blink a little bit. I think it could have been terrifying. There was another story with Weeping Angels. I think it was with uh, Rory and Amy. I think it was The Angels Take Manhattan. Oh, yeah. There was a creepy bit with Rory down in the basement, and he's got... Oh, yeah, with the cherubs. The little cherubs legging around, mm. and you can just hear them giggling and stuff. Oh, there's another cool one that's creepy. What's the um, what's the Matt Smith episode with the, the big porcelain dolls? Oh, you know, night, night, night terrors. terrors. That's it. Yeah, that's pretty creepy. It, I think that's one of the most disappointing because I I remember seeing the promotional stills from that, thinking this, and it's Mark Gatiss as well. Mm-hmm. And I was remember thinking like this is gonna be so creepy, and it, I didn't find it creepy at all. But I think they looked fantastic. Like I think there was so much potential in that story to be terrifying. But mm-hmm. I, I don't know if it, I can't remember when we reviewed it, but. Uh, I think the sort of direction or something of that story just let it down because I don't remember finding it scary at all. It was, but it had scary, the premise, no. and they looked scary. Yeah. They looked brilliant, didn't they? Those big dull things. Yeah, I think yeah. they just held back on the horror aspect a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess Doctor Who, you do have to keep it semi, sort of 
child friendly, mm. I guess. But Doctor Who's really good when it is scary, though. Yeah, I love I actually, scary. Look, it's funny you mentioned Listen actually, because I, I haven't watched that for a very long time. I kind of feel like watching it now because um, the the thing is that's the one with all the awesome pink nonsense, isn't it? Because I remember thinking, uh, yeah, from memory. And as I said, I haven't watched it for ages. I remember thinking it started off really good and there was all that creepy stuff in the house and the thing at the window. And then it kind of, they land on a spaceship and there's the knock at the door. And I remember thinking, this is all good. And But then you had the whole awesome pink thing in the restaurant. I remember it just sort of fell apart a bit, that episode. If I'm, you know, from, from memory, I haven't watched it for ages. But, the, but I remember there was some really good stuff in that, like the knocking at the door and that, you know. And you never find out what it was, do you? There's no, no, no conclusion or anything, is there? No. What about sleep no more, mate? Is that terrifying, but for all the wrong reasons? <laughs> sleep yeah. no more. Yeah. I'm pretty sure we gave that a very low score. Oh, I think we did, yeah. I, I You know, I've always wanted to go back, because that's one of the few episodes on the on the DVD set that has a commentary track. Um, and I've always wanted to go back and listen to it, actually, to see what they say about it. <laughs> Um, I can't remember who's doing the commentary. I assume it's Mark Gatiss and possibly Stephen Moffat. I'm not sure. Who was? Uh, when was that out then? Sleep No More. It was Series Nine, isn't it? Series Nine. I can't even remember, mate. It, well, I remember it being bloody awful. I yeah, I remember like, you were absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I went pretty mad on it. I think I gave it a two out of ten or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, you weren't impressed. Yeah, Sleep No More. Crikey. Mm-mm. Oh dear. Oh dear. <laughs> Anyways, let's get on with our reviews. We're going to skip news and merch this week because we need to get these reviews out the way. We do. And I wonder if we'll be saying that Arachnids in the UK. Let's see how that fares. Indeed. Because uh, that's, you know, looked quite creepy from the trailer. Did that live up to it, I wonder? Yeah. Because mm, I hate spiders <laughs> as well. I'm terrified of them. But anyway, Before I'm jumping that, ahead. Before that. What have we got? Well, before that, it is the episode Rosa. Operation Rosa Parks. We have to make sure we keep history in order. Can I help you? Are we actually leaving? Not in a million years. That's all you get with the next time trailers these days. They're very short, aren't they? Yeah, very short. They give you nothing. That's your lot. (laughs) <laughs> Chibber's in the cutting room over that over the shoulder of the you know the editor yeah that's enough yeah I can just imagine the editor's got this awesome like one minute trailer yeah and turns around and Chibber's is just sort of shaking his head slowly like nah, yeah reduces nah. it to eight and a half seconds yeah he's like <laughs> mm, we're giving too much away <laughs> chop that down how about 45 seconds mm. <laughs> 30 seconds. Mm. <laughs> and, the direct, well, uh, and the editor's just like, oh, do it your bloody self, then just walks out. <laughs> they have, yeah, I mean, they have been short, haven't they? I love that little bit of music as well, that ding, ding, yes. in the background. Yeah. yeah, it's really cool. Yeah. Right then, Rosa. Rosa. Uh, it was first broadcast <laughs> back mm. on the 21st of October. Uh, it was directed by Mark Tondere, or Tondere. It was written by Mallory Blackman and Chris Chibnall. Oh, he's there, is he? Yeah. Yes, it stars the usual Series 11 TARDIS team, along with uh, Vinette Robinson as Rosa Parks and Joshua Bowman as Crasco. 
Asco. Along with some other supporting cast members. Also, the story is thus. This one is a proper historical mm. Doctor Who. We've had plenty of these in the past, and this falls in line with the very um, uh, accurate, for the most part, um, historical. So it yeah. centers around the the story of, um, obviously, you know, as the title would suggest, Rosa Parks back in 1955, where the sort of civil rights movement picked up speed and, and they abolished blacks and whites in separately on, on buses and things like that. Mm. And, um, so yeah, it's very, it, it centers around, that's like the, the center point, like that one moment in history, that little pocket of time there is, um, is, is what the, it's not like some of the other historicals where there's a lot going on and it's very fluffy in some places where, you know, it's set roughly in the time period of something that happened. You know, mm. like you know, like with things like um, the visitation, where at the very end, you know, it's oh, like yeah, they oh yeah, just popped a pudding lane. Exactly, yeah. Oh, yeah. that's the the fire of London. That's okay. This is that this bit of history actually influences the entire story. You know, mm. it's all centered around that. And the the Doctor and the companions, they um, they are not doing their usual thing. So. It's not about there's a baddie and he needs to be stopped. It's about not changing the course of history. So mm. it's, it's so he he does need to be stopped in a way, but not directly. They're trying to stop his actions influencing mm. history rather than him directly. And um, yeah, there's the story. So it's quite mm. a simple story. It's um, you know, nothing crazy going on. What did you think to Rosar? I absolutely loved it he did i really really did yeah i was slightly worried about this episode before ed because it is such a important subject and it deals with racism and it's you know it's quite an adult subject and i was worried how they were going to handle it like would it be clunky would it be preachy you know i just wondered where they were going to go with it um and i was just when it finished i was I felt educated, I felt entertained, and I felt that it was just like the production values are incredible. And and I just was in, really impressed how they actually told the story. Because like you said, it's quite a simple, the storyline in itself is quite simple. Just this evil <laughs> Crasco is just trying to change history by stopping Rosa sitting on the seat. Um, you know, and altering the sort of course of history. So it's yeah, it's quite a simple storyline, but but it told a fantastic story, and I love the fact that because with you know with historicals, they don't always they tend to sometimes bend the truth a little to make it more dramatic, don't they? Exactly. You know, I'm yeah. not just talking about yeah. Doctor Who. I just mean in general. Mm-hmm. For, so, for example, you know, I went to see the new Queen film uh, the other day uh, about about the band Queen and and Freddie Mercury. Oh, and yeah. Yeah. Fantastic film. But when I come out of it, I was sort of my mind was thinking. But hang on, didn't they they release that album after that? And it, you know, so little things like that bugged me because it's <laughs> you sort of take it on face value, and if you don't know, you accept things as fact. So I'm sort of thinking, so they're going to think that Freddie was doing that when Live Aid happened, which actually isn't true. And so little things like that bugged me, you know. And and with this, from what I understand and what I've read, is they tried to keep it pretty much as accurate as they could. Right. You know, right. I mean, I'm sure that, yeah, I'm not saying Rosa Parks met a, a travel agent called <laughs> Crasco. I know that there's a sci-fi element in there, but I'm saying the, the other parts of it, like, because it's kicked off 
didn't it with her you know getting on the bus and being told to use the back door to get on and so it, right. it kicked yeah. off very strong straight mm. away didn't it i thought well we're not you know we're not pulling any punches here we're straight into a very confrontational scene mm-hmm. and um and apparently that actually happened and you know just everything you're sort of seeing it's it's pretty much true to, to what happened in terms of the rosa park story obviously not the sci-fi element but i was yeah. just yeah mate i was just blown away by the the brilliant way it was done because as i said it just um it mixed in a, a very important story with some very entertaining moments and it just the, the balance that they got was spot on i thought I, I was so impressed and sort of almost relieved i was like mm-hmm. you know yeah it hammered home the point really well but I don't feel it sort of was shoved down my throat. You know, it didn't feel awkward or like, you know, like they sort of had to, um, what do we sometimes say, shoehorn that right, into right. it. You know, it just felt like they got it just right. So, yeah, I'm unbelievably impressed with this episode. But I can't, I'm sort of gushing over it, really. Watching it again yesterday, I was just as impressed with it. Um, can't get over the production values. I just can't get over how good it looked. Mm. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it almost felt like a mini movie. It just like the, you know, the, the attention to detail and it, you know, I don't know where they filmed it, but it, you know, it looked like where it's supposed to be. Yes, it does. So yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, I just was amazingly impressed, mate. I loved it. Yeah. What, what about you? Yeah, I was um, uh, equally as impressed and, and, and just loving the whole, the whole story really. It, when I, when, when I first saw the title for this episode I was like mm, you know they've got to be very careful mm. with stories like this because it is a it does deal with obviously a, a big important um, subject matter mm. and Rosa Parks is it, 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 she's just such an influent you know I mean she's such an important figure in mm. within this subject matter it, it's got to be handled respectfully and, and and not done in a way that's like you said earlier it can't be it, it would have been a disservice to the story and to rosa parks if they had have just you know broken down history and had it more mm. you know so I, I think the way that they the, the way it was written and the way it was produced was just beautiful it was just it was a really nice just a really nice way of handling that moment in history mm. w- without making it feel like Oh, they've just tore it apart and made it into some sci-fi show, and they've just used Rosa Parks as a, a plot yeah. device to do something else. I love the fact that it was centered on her and that story, and the Doctor was, yeah, I'd like it, it was. It was cool that it wasn't centered around here's the baddie of the week, mm. it, and Rosa Parks is just in it. You know, it yeah, just exactly, happens to be yeah. Yeah, yeah around that time period. I like the fact that she was the center of it and stuff. So, really, really cool. And it's um, I was another part of me that was worried a little bit was the fact that Chibnall was on writing duty again. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, yeah. you know, because we're kind Let of... someone else have the pen, Chibbers, yeah. Exactly, yeah. And yeah. one sort of tiny fear that I've got is that we're we're going down Stephen Moffat Road a little bit, I, I feel. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, not so much with this story, because I think that Mallory Blackman did an awesome job. With I, I think Chibnall was on as co-writer, I don't yeah. think he was driving the script so much. It just as, yeah. So I think, you know, with the Moth, where he wrote for the RTD era when he wasn't showrunner, they were very good stories for the most part. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. RTD was amazing at doing the character stuff. I feel like 
Yeah, I, I don't want Chibnall to be like the moth in that respect, you know. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree with you, yeah. mate. Yeah, I, I must admit, because I said to you before we, we start recording, I didn't realise he was going to be writing so many episodes. And, um, you know, yeah, it's nice. Of, so, and also, the Doctor's always written a bit different when it's someone else as well and yeah. and stuff yeah. like that. So, yeah, I was a little bit concerned when I saw he was there again. It's like, you know, just let someone else have a go yeah. at Chibbets. Yeah. But, um, but I'll tell you what I was most surprised about was how, for an episode of Doctor Who, obviously they're going to bring the race storyline into it because that's what it's about i was amazed how much like how far they sort of pushed the boundary in a good way like i they didn't shy away from it at all i mean i never right, thought yeah. i would hear certain words i mean I'm, I'm not, there are words that i'm not even going to say on the podcast that were in this episode mm-hmm. which i never thought i would hear at doctor who ever yeah and yeah. and it was important that we did hear those names and you know the, some of the language and racial language you know that was used in this episode i never thought we'd get that in doctor who but again they they handled it so well i was just shocked really even from that first scene of like her being shouted at on the bus it was so brilliantly acted and and dramatic and mm. i was thinking wow they're not like just it's not just going to be a little throwaway line of Oh, you know, oh, you're black, you're white, you have to, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't handled with kid gloves. It was like, no, this is a racist, you know, uh, there is a lot of racism in this town and this is what happened. And it was really just laying it, you know, out bare for you to see yeah, in a yeah. way that, to, that was absolutely right, but amazed me that they did it. Considering this is a sort of, for want of a better word, children stroke family television program i was thinking wow they are not shying away from this um and it was all the better for it and as i said because of the way that they handled it it was i was just so impressed i just thought wow you know you've really like you're not you're really not putting on kid gloves with this you're telling it how it is yes um yeah. and you're doing it in a really good way and i kept thinking how brilliant that you know kids are going to watch this and probably learn something new and we'll be talking about it and saying, oh, you know, did you know that Rosa Parks was kicked off a bus and she refused to get off? And I'm thinking, God, this is genuinely going to educate, educate kids about something mm-hmm. very important that happened and changed the course of, you know, of, of history. Um, and yeah, that again, just impressed me so much. Yeah, I think sometimes Doctor Who is at its best when it's not holding back and is having those it really didn't, did it? No, those brave moments where, you know, because I think something like this, it deserves to have a, a sense of realness about it and an educational type of, because mm-hmm. um, there is a scene where there's a scene between Ryan and yes. Rosa. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I thought yeah. you were going to say a different scene. Yeah, Sorry. Uh, yeah, but there's a scene between... Ryan and Rosie, you know where he goes, he follows her for a bit and she sees him and then she invites mm-hmm. him in to serve coffee and stuff. There's a bit after that when they're just sitting on the, leaning on the fence outside and he says to her, it does get better. Yeah. You know, he said yeah. it might not be perfect, but it gets better. And I mm-hmm. think that's important from an educational point of view for especially younger people, you know, to realize that it's, it was pretty bloody bad. Mm. For a long, long time, and, um, you know. And sorry to, I was going to say, and do you know what is ironic as well? Because you, you you watch this, and you sort of think, and it ends, and you sort of it leaves it really stuck in my mind. I was thinking about it all week after it finished. I was just couldn't stop thinking about it. 
And I was thinking it was ironic because you get to the end of the episode and you think, you know, oh, well, at least we've, oh, that was terrible back then. At least we've moved on and, you know, we've progressed and we might not be 100% there, but at least we've moved on. And then literally the very next day on the news, you hear about this guy who racially abused this poor black woman on a, on a Ryanair flight. Exactly. You know, yep. and, you know, was calling her all these racial names and, you know, and you're thinking, blimmin' heck, the timing of this, it was just such a big reminder of actually, yeah, we may have moved on, but we've still got so far to go. So it's such an important episode, I think, in terms of just reminding us of like, you know, this is 1955. We're now in 2018 and you've still got people who are, you know, are doing this sort of thing. You know, it's just so it's, it's, it's just the irony and the timing of the episode. And I think just seeing the contrast between then and something that happened the very next day or whatever, or that was on the news the very next day, just really brought it home to me. I was thinking, blimey, so such an important yeah. episode, yeah. you know, incredible. Yeah. And, yeah. It, and I like also that it touched on, it, it, you know, obviously has an impact for the companions in the story. Yeah. With, um, um, Ryan and Yaz being of colour. But you've also got Graham who was married to somebody of colour. Yeah. So sometimes it can be, you know, some if if Graham wasn't married to somebody of colour, then there could be an argument to say that, you know, he doesn't get it, quote unquote, you know, mm. or, you know, he's not as affected by it. But um, mm. there was just th- things like that. And, and like I said, the the educational part of it and, some of the scenes that you mentioned that were a bit sort of direct and not holding back mm. all sort of comes together to make a very cool educational, um, more than anything, mm. not just an entertaining and interesting story in a heartbreaking way, but it, it just had a, a, a gravity to it that you don't really find with some other Doctor Who. Because I think Doctor Who, for the most part, if you were to ask, you know, a million Doctor Who fans, a lot of them would probably say, well, it's my escapism, you know, Doctor Who mm. is a way for me to just forget life for an hour. Yeah. And, and I, I just want to go on a journey through space and time with a doctor and I, I want to forget about the seriousness of life and I just want to enjoy a good old sci-fi show. I think this one still has that to a small degree, but it's more about an important, you know, it just carries a level of gravity to it that, you know, a lot of other Doctor Who episodes don't necessarily have. Mm. Um, so yeah, and I think the writing was a big part of that. I think if the script was not as good as it was, this may have fallen on its bum a little bit. Oh I, but, yeah. yeah, I was going to say that's what impressed me is that it still managed to be entertaining. Like this could have so easily have turned really because it was serious in places, but mm. somehow it still had this light comedy. You know, the bits with the Doctor and Graham in the in the room when the police guy comes in and he's like, "Oh, I'm Steve Jobs and I've invented this phone." Yeah. It still had these yeah. really fun moments mm-hmm. in. And um, and what I loved about this story as well, which I think is what I really wanted to see, was our TARDIS team working together. Everybody in this did mm-hmm. their own little bit. They were clever. They talked about how they were going to solve it, you know. And it it just was great to see the way that they were all written, sort of working together to solve this problem, you know. And I thought again, it just made the ent- made the episode entertaining, yeah, rather than just being this really big heavy subject that weighed the whole thing down and you were sat there thinking, oh dear, this is depressing, isn't it? Oh, isn't it awful? It wasn't. It just, it basically just told you, you know, this happened. Gosh, that's really bad. These guys are in, you know, in the middle of it and, 
and uh, and there was funny moments, there were sad moments. <clears throat> there was the obviously Carrasco. We got this guy in the middle of it because that was the other thing I was worried about. It was like, is he sort of going to be the villain of the week? Is he going to ruin this? You know, <laughs> is, is he going to be the sort of? He was a bit weak, but to be honest with you, I didn't mind because it kind of. I think he was in it enough to not distract from the actual main heart of the story. So yeah. he was a bit of a weak villain, but I, I didn't. It didn't bother me. I don't know about you. I, I found it. I, I quite enjoyed the scenes he was in, especially the little sort of standoffs between him and the doctor. You know, when she's like throws his case at him and <laughs> he zaps it, and she's like, "Ah, see, you've just you know you've just zapped your case back. In, you know, back in time. Well done." And all that. So I loved <laughs> the little scenes between the doctor and Crasco. I thought they just. They just added a bit of fun to a very sort of, you know, serious, heavy subject, you know. So, yeah, a little bit weak maybe, but I didn't mind. I didn't mind it. I think it just, you know, just gave us a little bit of relief Yeah. in yeah. terms of entertainment, you know, in the story. Yeah, I think it was, I, I won't lie to you, I was disappointed in a little bit, in a little yeah, way. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Mainly because I think all of, since Series 11 has kicked off, we haven't had a, a good, decent enough villain with a, mm. a big enough threat yet. And we're what we now, this is the fifth episode, is it? Well, Rose is episode three, so yeah, four. So this week's is five, yeah. Yeah, so, um, wow, crikey, this Sunday we're going to be halfway through already. Yeah. Wow, that's uh, right, so... I must admit, I wasn't. I was going to mention this in the next review, but as you brought it up, I'll just quickly say it. This one of my big concerns, actually, is that we're all almost halfway through the series and we haven't had one decent villain yet. Exactly, they've all yeah. been okay. I mean, Teeth Guy was pretty good, but um, but they've all just been really unmemorable, and that's. I think that's a bit of a shame, actually, because we are nearly halfway through the series. And mm. as I said, I was going to mention this more in the next review because obviously we get, you know whatever his name is out of sex and the cities in the next one and, and all this and the spiders and, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's a bit, you know, the chimney promised us all these exciting new monsters and villains and stuff. And actually they've been really drab so far. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not bad, but just like you said, are memorable. And I'm, I'm a little bit disappointed in that so far. Yeah. I mean, it wouldn't be so bad if like, so I agree with you in, in this particular story, having not the strongest of villains is okay because the the focus of the story was on something else mm. and obviously something more important. So that can be forgiven to an extent. But like I said, the it wouldn't be so bad if Chibba said, because he did make a statement, didn't he, before Series 11 kicked off saying that this is going to be more about newer monsters and newer yeah. stuff and not so much about because we haven't heard a whiff, have we, of Daleks, Cybermen, no. anything, nothing at all. So it wouldn't be so bad if he if he followed that up with like an amazing villain that you thought, wow, this is like a new classic. This is going to be a villain that will sit alongside the hierarchy of like the Daleks and. There's no stuff. weeping angel, is there? There's no. There's nothing going to sit no. up there with them. No. Um, and I could have excused it in this story, like Crasco. I can excuse it because I think, you know, there was a bigger story to tell. But it's just looking at it as an overall, you know, hmm. four episodes in and no decent villain. And also the fact that they've all just walked away or, you know, every single one of them has either disappeared or, not, you know, there's been no comeuppance or anything. 
So, you know, it makes you think, well, is, there, is this all building up? Are they all going to return at the end in the final with some big show off? Because, but yeah, like they all just literally just, it gets to the end and then they either walk out the room or they get zapped back in time or, you know, they've all, none of them have sort of been caught or got their comeuppance and it's bizarre, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Yeah. So I wasn't too blown away with the villain, but kind of forgiving mm. based on, you know, what was going on with the rest of the story. Um, okay, so I think, yeah, I think we're in agreement that story-wise and script-wise, it was really, really good. I loved it, a yeah. Simple, story. fun, entertaining, yeah, just everything it needed to be. Yes, um, and you mentioned that you, you, you've you not seen Doctor Who look this good before. I thought the production values were incredible on this week, do you know oh, what, on, on Rosa. Do you know what wound me up, though? What? The mothball. Mothball? The mothball. He was at a convention, wasn't he, at the weekend? Weekend just gone. Was it MCM? Oh, when he said, yeah, I think I know what you're going to say. Yeah. yeah. And he was saying that something like Doctor Who needs to make sure that it doesn't look cheap anymore because it's <laughs> going to be in danger of... He he was saying essentially that um, some of I... the... Do you know what I mean? Some of the big shows like Game of Thrones and Walking Dead and those sorts of yeah. things, he said they look like... They, they look better than what you see in the cinema. And... Um, you can't have, you know, Doctor Who's in danger of looking cheap next to those. I, I couldn't disagree more with him. I think I was going to say, I know I read this um, article. And uh, I have to say that um, I think he was slightly, he wasn't misquoted, but he's talking about, um, oh, I can't remember, because I read the full article. And actually, to be fair to them off, I think he was saying this before. I think he was slightly misquoted or it was put out of, place about what he was talking about i don't think he was talking specifically about series 11 um but i don't know i, I did i did read that little interview and I, I i was sort of thinking come on Stephen, have you seen <laughs> some of the stuff you know yeah, but yeah. no i think he was slightly wasn't misquoted but he wasn't talking about series 11 i don't think i can't remember i did i did see it though mate yeah so in his interview he does say that the the big challenge with doctor who now he says now is running the risk of looking as cheap as it did then compared okay, to what it. the rest of TV is doing now, unless they put a lot more money into it. He's obviously not been watching it then. Cause I'll, no. I'll tell you the production values, especially on this episode, I think could not have looked better. It, yeah. You know, it just, it just, I couldn't fault it. There is one thing that I do agree with what he said though. He yeah. went on to say that it's still an inexpensive show. He says it's a show that generates as much money. He says a, a show that generates as much money as Doctor Who, um, they should be getting more of it back, frankly. Yeah, that's which, true. Which I yeah. completely agree with. If you think about how much money Doctor Who makes in terms of official merchandise and all sorts of stuff that, you know, you and I have spent a fair whack on. <laughs> and, you know, thousands and thousands of other Who fans who have bought merch, I think it should get a bit more back into it but th either way i think it looks brilliant it looks fantastic yeah yeah absolutely um let's talk about some characters then so some support, mm -hmm. supporting cast there were two characters that were uh that played their roles very well i thought well one of them did anyway the bus driver yes the bus driver um james blake played by trevor white um I thought he like the opening scene that you mentioned where he's actually shouting at Rosa and 
you know, he goes to call the police to have her arrested and stuff. Plays that sort of sort of hard nosed, you know, just thought he played that extremely well. I did as well, mate. Yeah, I was very impressed um, because he was believable when he was shouting at her. I mean, you know, it wasn't sort of EastEnders style of acting, of shouting, of pantomime, you know. It felt like he was properly like, get off this, but, you know, he was, it was, yeah, it was top notch acting. Yes. You know, and because with a, with a subject like this, you know, it's got to be believable. And he was, you know, I I truly believed he, you know, he was into that part sort Mm -hmm. of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, No, so I thought it was good. I think. Uh, when when you're an actor and you see that script and you think, right, I'm going to go for that part, I think there is a part of you that has to just let go a little bit. Because yeah. otherwise, like you said, you you can fall into that soap opera-ish kind of style of acting where you're mm. just, you're, you know, you're not really putting yourself into it 100% because you're holding back because it is just a soap or whatever. So I thought that he, um, he really threw himself into that. And the, those scenes where he's proper angry and you know, shouting and stuff was very good. Mm. Uh, the other character, which I thought was okay, was um, the police guy, um, Officer Mason. You know, he shows up at the hotel, the motel room. Yeah, I thought he you was know. quite good. I thought he was okay. Uh, don't get wrong, I thought the, the character served a good purpose. I thought it was a good reinforcement mm. of just... Because up to that point, the only thing that we had seen really is that the bus driver and Rosa and the and some sort of dirty looks from people when they've gone into the restaurant and stuff. Yeah. So I thought his character was a reinforcement of just of how crappy the the racism was in mm. the world at that time, but specifically in that part of the world. You know, you know, all the white people were like that. Mm. You know, because there were two instances of it. It was, and I'm not talking about um, James Blake, the bus driver, because that's directly linked with Rosa. So that's you know well documented but we had the scene quite early on where ryan picks up handkerchief or a glove or something that's right yeah the park and the the guy slaps him yeah he goes yeah and then we have the police officer as well so you can tell that it's just all you know they were there to reinforce the fact that doesn't matter where you go in alabama Mm. or that part of the world it's it's not good um yeah but i just thought that his before i think it was his accent more than anything Right, uh, right, Gareth Marks. I'm not sure if he was American or or British, but I don't know. He just sounded a bit off to me. But okay, no, I I understand what you mean. I I must admit, I I thought because that's the thing. I was so impressed by the just the general standard of acting in this. I thought it was so incredibly high, even from like the small parts. You know, even from like you know just the minor roles and um yeah i i think he played it the guy who comes in the hotel room he plays it a little bit more light-hearted than the bus driver but i kind of think it needed that because that's a that scene is is a fun scene as well isn't it so it's sort of there's an element of tension because is he going to find them harboring you know yaz and ryan mm-hmm. but also there's the sort of comedy element where they're pretended to be a couple and it's so awkward and and all that sort of mm-hmm. stuff. So it was, yeah, I think in terms of the sort of that scene, I think he he was all right. But I know what you mean. I mean, I, that was the other thing I was worried about this episode. I was like, I really hope we don't get a load of dodgy <laughs> ac- American accents in this because that will be really distracting. Yeah. Um, I think on the whole, they were they were pretty good, actually. Yeah. The, the, the guy that played uh, James Blake, he was, his accent was okay because he wasn't American, but he was Canadian. Okay. So he right. did. He was halfway there. 
He just had to tweak yeah. his accent a little bit. But Gareth Marks, who played the police guy, he's just from London. I oh, think, okay. I think right. that's why his accent just didn't really it's do a little it bit for off. me. Yeah. yeah. Um, it did lead to that lovely scene with Yaz and, and Ryan by the bin, so didn't it? Oh, I say lovely scene, but probably probably more important <laughs> than yes. lovely, yeah. where they're talking about still experiencing racism in this day and age and stuff. And yeah, that was a, it was a nice scene between the two of them. But, you know, again, quite uncomfortable to hear that them some of the stuff they were discussing yes yeah Mm. um what did you think to um uh, so we also had a a a cameo from um martin luther king as well yeah which was unexpected for me but i guess it makes sense now i I was a bit surprised when they put him in there yeah i don't know why i shouldn't have been but i was a bit like oh martin luther king's in this as well but it was a great scene because um Ryan catches himself saying Martin Luther King and then yes, Rosa Parks. And he's like, whoa, that's a lovely moment. He's sort of overwhelmed, isn't he? Yeah. 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 I thought that was really cool. And I loved the bit when he said that his grand would be so proud to hear him. I thought, oh, that's just brilliant. Bit, yeah. Yeah. Bit sort of heartwarming as well. It was great. Know. Yeah. I loved that. And I think that that's one of the things in the story as well that echoed the bigger picture. So mm. within those smaller scenes where... You, you you have those nice little moments. It kind of echoes the bigger picture that, yes, it's a... Sh- oh, I nearly, nearly had a beat moment then. Yes, it's a, a terrible time mm. and it's a terrible thing going on, but there are these little pockets of hope and these little pockets of just fight, you know, from people. And it's, mm. you know, so it, uh, the Martin Luther King, it was unexpected. I, I didn't know at all before I watched it that he was going to be in it. Yeah. Um, but it was nice, though. It's a nice little cameo for that and it was just enough wasn't it it didn't need any it was just he was there and it's just all it needed really yes i thought it's just a nice moment yeah yeah um and crasco then the the villain played by joshua (laughs) bowman um i couldn't figure his accent out at first no i know i was thinking that i think what it was he was doing that sort of alabama deep Mm. south accent some some sort of mixing with the yokels but he's actually, I think when he wasn't around them and he was talking to the doctor, I'm pretty sure he was like a southeast London. Yeah. It did throw me. It did with. me as well, because I was thinking, oh, is he forgetting to do his accent or is he? <laughs> is this on purpose? I couldn't work it out. Um, so there was a bit, I wish we'd, I'm kind of hoping we do get to see this guy again, actually, because so? there's obviously a bit more, well, I'm hoping we do, because there's obviously a bit more to him, isn't there? So. The doctor mentions that he's got this inhibitor thing, which means he can't kill, which is interesting. So he tries to strangle her and he can't. So he can't actually physically harm anyone, (laughs) which is interesting. Um, She mentions this tattoo or something on his hand saying, oh, you're from Storm Cage. So I'm like, okay, so what's Storm Cage then? So I'm hoping, again, hopefully we'll find a little bit more out about that. And and he's got a vortex manipulator on as well, which was a nice little unexpected uh, moment I thought you know I did do a little shriek when I was like oh Vortex oh wow <laughs> so that was cool but yeah I think there's more to him we didn't find out a lot about him Um, in terms of his performance uh, he's a bit of a guilty pleasure for me he wasn't very good but I kind of liked him <laughs> do you know what I mean I just kind of found he was a bit cheesy I don't know I mean don't like his obviously he's, you know like the villain I just mean I just found him sort of an interesting <laughs> <laughs> I just was interested to find out more about this cheesy idiot that was going around trying to change history. So I do hope we see more from him. 
<laughs> and also, you. I notice on his, I notice on his case, you know, his box of goods that the doctor froze in, it had some initials, didn't it, which were uh, GFB. And I just, it's probably there may be no significance to that, but it, as soon as I saw it, I was thinking, what could, what, who could he be? Hmm. Uh, do you know my first thoughts? Are, this will be way off, but I thought it might just be a little in joke for Gallifrey Base, <laughs> the Doctor Who form. <laughs> but I'm sure, I'm sure it's not. But I was sort of thinking, GFB, who could he be? Like, yeah. So yeah. I'm intrigued by him. Um, I, I hope we get to see a bit more. <laughs> what did you see, mate? Did you think he was a bit of a wet lettuce? Uh, I thought he was okay. We just didn't see a lot of him. No. But as we said earlier, that's not the end of the world. It's um, a lot of people. I've seen a lot of stuff on Twitter that's, that's saying that he's going to be a, or he should be a recurring character and we, we haven't seen the last of him but I don't know I, I get the feeling that he is just a throwaway Oh you do? Okay I do think so yeah because he's had all of his equipment busted up and he's got nothing else and Ryan's sort of zapped him back to uh, as, as way back as you can get in times I think so mm. I yeah I can't see him coming back anytime soon Okay um, but yeah, I thought his performance was was pretty good actually. I thought um, it was. Uh, I tell you what, really reinforced his his performance and his scenes was the music when he mm. was on screen. So mm. once again, Segan just absolutely nailing the sort of suspenseful horror style uh, sort of music. Really, really cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, Josh Bowman's pretty good. He he was he starred in this um, thing. Uh, when was it on a time after time? Uh, which was a TV series that went out, I think it was fairly recent, last year, I think, or the year before. And he played um, uh, Jack the Ripper. Oh, God, right, okay. Yeah, and he, he was he was pretty good in it, actually. Mm. He was he was better in that than he was in, in this. So but... he's got more to give in terms of acting, you think? Definitely, yes. Okay, definitely. yeah, maybe he was a little underused. I think maybe when I say I want to see him again, I think it's because I feel like there is more... Yeah, from from him. There's a great shot actually when he's having the face off with Ryan, uh, sort of like all this smoke and the car lights coming through it. It's very Stephen King. You know, it's like on yeah, an angle, yeah. and the shot was you were sort of looking through Ryan's legs bizarrely. He sort of the shot was, was through cool. his legs yeah. and seeing him in front of the car, and it was a great shot. I have to say, um, hats off to Mark Tandira. Is it the director? Yep, Tandira. I think so. Uh, yep. I thought the direction was fantastic in this i really mm. thought it was so well directed yeah yeah and that shot in particular just reminded me of that i just was like yeah it really looked great in terms of it. and oh and the shot of the tardis man <laughs> when you know when crasco was trying to shoot it and we got this sort of shot looking down on of the top oh, of the yeah, tardis yeah. oh yeah. i mean such a simple bit mm -hmm. oh it just looked great i mean yeah direction was on point it looked awesome yeah yeah there was one thing that wasn't clearly explained about Crasco. Oh, yeah. That I thought they were going to, but he got zapped by Ryan and we never knew. I never fully understood his motive. I must admit I was the same. Yeah. And I, what I mean by that is he's obviously there to disrupt history because he doesn't want, he doesn't, well, from the sound of it anyway, and please tell me if I'm wrong, our listeners might have a bit more of an idea, but mm. it sounds like he was there for the sole purpose of changing that course of events so that the the I'm assuming the civil rights movement didn't pick up speed or wouldn't mm. because because of if Rosa didn't get on the bus in the first place she wouldn't have been there to to kickstart that civil rights movement 
Yeah, little nudges, going. yeah, wasn't it? Little nudges, um, the doctor said. But yeah. I never fully understood why. There was a scene where he was talking to the doctor and she was trying to get to the bottom of it as well. And I think, I can't remember exactly word for word what he said, but he did say something like, um, uh, what did he said? Something like those people or something. He's so, like, yeah, he's got to, yeah, put your stop your people rising up or something, something or put like you that. in your place or something like that. So a lot in your place. Or, yeah. Yeah. So the only thing that I can take away from it is that he's some interstellar alien racist. Yeah. That's the, I, I, and I, I'm probably way off base. If any of our no, listeners no, mate, have got no, any, um... no, because I was the same. I mean, I, it was funny enough. It was at that point as well that I was asking exactly that question. Like, so he's having a go at Ryan telling him, you know, I'm going to stop your lot and all this. And I'm thinking, but what is his motivation? Is it just simply racism? Which at first I'm thinking, oh, that's a bit weak. But then I suppose in a way, is that the whole point of the episode? He's just there to represent racism? Maybe. You know, yeah. is, it, is it just yeah. as simple as that? You know, he's just a racist and that's that's what it's about. So, I, But I, I did think the same. I was like, but why is he doing this? Well, like, what is his motivation? But. I, I'm just thinking that is the whole point. Like, why is any racist racist? Yeah, like, well, you know, I think that's I think that's what it is. I think it's just your, you know, I'm asking myself, why is he doing it? Why is any racist doing it? I, I that's what I'm taking away from it. Yeah, it was. Um, but I don't know if that's what it's meant to represent. But strange. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just maybe it's one of those. You know, it's left to the viewers' sort of interpretation as to what you think his motive was. Maybe mm. I don't know. But uh, performance-wise, pretty good. Yeah, I, li- I liked him. Yeah, yeah. So it was all right. What about Vinette Robinson and as Rosa Parks? Oh, I thought she was fantastic. Yeah. I really did, yeah. I didn't realise she'd been in Doctor Who before as well because someone pointed out she was in 42, uh, which I don't remember her being in it. I'm, I've, I mean, I've only watched that a couple of times, but um, but I thought she was great. I mean, she looked the part, she sounded the part because I'm assuming she's not American. Um yeah, I, I really thought she gave a great performance, and she was, she was strong, but also likable, and she was like a warm character. Do you know what I mean? I like warm towards her, and yes, you know. Yeah. So I think she, I think she played it quite, uh, quite rounded. It was quite a rounded performance. So yeah, I thought she was very good. Yeah, and uh, really glad that she she did a decent job with the accent as well, because that would have been a real. <laughs> um, well, uh, again, that's fail. what I was worried about. Yeah, yeah if you get that wrong, it, t- it takes you out of the story a bit, doesn't it? A little bit. Um, yeah. And it's quite easy to do an over-the-top accent, especially when you're putting that sort of twang on it. Um, it's quite easy to sort of do it badly. So, um, but yeah, I thought she was very good. I mean, she was, you know, when she played it quite subtle at times as well, didn't she? Like when he says to her, get off the bus, and she just, she sort of was doing it mostly with the look. Yes, like yeah. rather than getting angry and shouting in his face, she kind of was quite sort of calm and simmering inside. You, know, you could feel the sort of anger in there without her sort of shouting her head off. It was all done with, you know, her acting and the look and that she gave him and stuff like that. So, yeah, I thought it was a great performance from her. Very yeah. good. Really, I, yeah. I totally invested in her as, as Rosa Parks. I totally believed it. Yeah. Yes. Mm. Yes. Uh, what about our TARDIS crew then? Yeah, they were good. This they were good in this episode. I really liked them. Yeah, really cool. I think still in this, we'll come on to Yaz in a second when we get on to Arachnids. But I think okay. in this one, she was still lower down the pecking order of the three. Yeah, still yeah. in this one. Um, 
but she was still very good though. The scenes that she was, she was in, she was really good. And um, uh, Tosin Cole as Ryan was very good. I'm really, yeah, I'm really, yeah. I've really warmed towards Ryan. I really like his his character and 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 I like Tosin's performance as well. And uh, he, he definitely did, he definitely did get more meat in the script, didn't he? Yeah. Because like you, I thought Yas might get a bit more to do this week. So, um, but I, I thought, I mean, she got the nice scene. Yasmin got the nice scene when she's with Rosa, mending the coat and trying to get oh, yeah. her to the bus stop. Mm-hmm. So, so there was that scene but I know what you mean yeah she did take a little bit of a back seat again um, I thought uh, but yeah yeah both of them I thought were really good and a nice scene between the two of them when they were just sat chatting yeah. about some yeah. of the stuff they experienced so I think they're working really well together and there is this little spark between them like when she says oh did you just pay me a compliment and stuff and I'll tell you what I think it's all a ruse I don't think they are going to get together because it's almost too obvious isn't it yeah, I think they're and playing, in a way, yeah. I, yeah, in a way, I hope they don't. I think it'd be nicer <laughs> if they just have a sort of mutual, like they they really care for each other, but they don't have to, you know, be sort of lovers. Do you know what I mean? They can just yeah. be like really good friends, and I, I think that would be much nicer, actually. It's like the early days of Mulder and Scully. Mm. <laughs> you know, for ages when the X Files, yeah, it was platonic. like, will they? Won't they? Will they? Won't yeah. they? Yeah, and they did in the end, but yeah, I think it's like the early days of of that. Yeah, but I agree. I think it'd be cool if they didn't. Together. But there are those little moments, and there was a couple little in looks. the next story as well. Those little moments where they look at each other and a little, you know. But mm. but I tell you what, though, Bradley Walsh is still stealing the show for me. He really is. He really is absolutely knocking it out the park. He's come out of nowhere. Yeah, that's he's great. Brilliant. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah, really, really cool. And he's got this. He's just got this brilliant mix of humour. And seriousness that he can turn exactly. on and off. He, I honestly, I'll say this honestly. I didn't think that his acting chops would be as good as they are in this, because mm. he has done. He hasn't always been like a comedian, game show host sort of, uh, sort of wacky character. He has done plenty of acting, proper acting jobs before. Mm. Um, but I, he's just, it, he's got this ability to he's so warming and funny and charming and you know he's he's got that maturity that he brings to it but at the same time he yeah he's got this sadness inside him which he's carrying because obviously mm. you know the death of, of his wife previous in the first episode so he does he can see that he's carrying that grief around with him a little bit but he's he's got that ability to sort of lock it away while he's getting on with the job yeah um, and there was a really funny scene you know when they go down to Oh, the fishing? The fishing scene, yeah. You that know, was they, great, that was, yeah. You know, they find James Blake and he's having his day off and he's like, oh, yeah. like cockle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then he goes to give uh, Ryan like the fist pump at the end and Ryan's like, no, no. Yeah. And yeah. he just holds his hand out. Like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> A no, great I think, character. I, yeah. yeah, he is. He's, he's, I, I mean, I, I thought he'd be good, but I didn't expect to, to absolutely, I didn't expect him to be brilliant. No, and he no. is. I expected him to be good. <laughs> but he is brilliant. Um, yeah, like you said, he can switch from like serious to comedy in a in a heartbeat, and it's convincing. And he's 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 very believable on screen. You know what I mean? He's he's just his performance. Again, a lot of it's done with just a look. Yeah. Like sometimes he can look so sad with just a look. He doesn't say anything. He just looks to the camera, and I'm like, oh Graham, oh no, <laughs> you know. And then the next minute, he's coming in making jokes about you know uh, fishing and all right cockle. And he, yeah, he's an all rounder. 
and uh, he is seen in the show. I, I really do love his character. And I love his performance. He's, he's brilliant. He's great. Yeah, he is. Yeah, Jody then, because we had some concerns in our mm. last couple of reviews, didn't we? That yeah, yeah. Has she settled down enough for you? Because you said that you more enjoyed her scenes when she wasn't as zany and crazy, a bit more heartfelt. Yeah. Now, I really liked her in this episode. I really liked her, and I thought, yeah, she's yeah. This see, this is it. This is what I want. She's getting there. She's strong. She's facing off with the the villain. She's sorting it all out. I mean, the scene on the bus as well at the end where she had to, they all had to stay on the bus and she sits there and they have to sit through that horrible moment. Mm -hmm. You know, again, all done in facial expression from her. And it was just, I thought, yeah, she's really, you know, she's hitting the, hitting her spot now. Um, So I really liked in this one. She did tone it down. Um, uh, I love the bit where she's, because sometimes I find the quirky dialogue, they give her a bit too much. But in this, it was just right, I thought. Because there's a bit where she jokes about being Banksy. And I, and I loved that. She's like, um, see, Banksy hasn't got one of those. Or have I? Yeah. And all this. And I just thought, yeah, I'm loving it. So I, I really loved Jodie in this one. I'm really pleased to say. Um, I'm just going to say this now. Unfortunately, that all gets undone in the next episode for me. But I'll get to that when we, when we go into it. Uh, and it's a real shame, actually, because I was really really starting to think she would settled into the role at this point but i'll talk about that more in the next next episode but yeah in terms of this one i thought she was great mate i thought she she really sort of um did what i wanted her to do as the doctor you know she got in there she sorted it she gave a few good quirky lines she worked well with the rest of the cast she didn't sort of feel like she was being push to the back you know because it is quite a crowded TARDIS team and sometimes I think she gets a little lost in it and yeah yeah no I thought she's very good in this one yes I agree I thought she was she's um, the doctor I wanted to see yeah there wasn't too much of the very quick techno tech speak babble there there was a couple of scenes where she was talking to Crasco and she was a little bit like that but overall um I thought she had calmed down a little bit and she was more I mean every episode she's definitely got a hat on in terms of right there's stuff to get done. Let's get it sorted. Mm. There's, there's never any doubt in that. But um, yeah, I thought overall she she gave a better performance than what she's had she's done currently up to this point. Mm. And but I still I still feel like she's sort of ninety percent there. I still got this feeling in the back of my mind that I don't know she's not quite the doctor that she wants to be yet. Yeah, I feel the same. I'm going to save my thoughts on this for the next review because yeah. I think um, because I think it ties more in with that episode. But I'm the same, mate. I felt like the first two episodes, she still seemed to be finding her feet a bit, and I all the sort of hundred hundred um, mile an hour talking with mm-hmm. all this gabble and stuff was getting a bit annoying. This one, because she is more settled down, I thought, all right, okay, here we go. She's getting into it. I agree with you. By the end of it, I still don't think she's quite... And I think our good friend Matthew Rowney from the Who Addicts put this best in one of our chats. He said, she needs to just go up a gear. And I'm like, yeah, it's like she's, like you said, 90% there. Mm-hmm. I just I want to see that extra, you know, something. Because the Doctor needs to be a special character. She needs to have that, just that extra 10%. Yeah. And at the minute, she hasn't quite got it. Like you said, she's 90%. And the Doctor, you know, with three, four episodes in, she hasn't quite got there yet. And it's quite frustrating, actually, because I can see the potential, and I am liking her a lot, 
but I'm just know that there's more. Um, yeah, and as yeah. I said, I'll save the rest for the next review because it's more to do with the writing uh, for me. Um, but it ties in more with Arachnid. So I'll save that for, for our next review. But I know I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. Anything else you want to mention before we throw a score on this one? Um, just that I wanted to ask what you thought of the song being used at the end, you know, Rise Up. Um, oh, yeah. Because a lot of yeah. people didn't like, because we are getting, and again, we'll get one in the next episode that we're about to review, but we are getting some modern music thrown in mm -hmm. yes. <laughs> this series yeah. so we got rise up um played when she got first now for me personally i did my i actually thought it worked very well i i actually liked it mm. um because the only the only danger when you put a modern song in an episode dot two is you have the danger of it dating so like in 10 20 years time it could just sound really dated um but i i thought it worked quite well i'm not sure it needed to be used as the end theme again Felt a little bit like they were sort of hammering it home. But personally, I didn't mind it. I thought it worked quite well in that scene. I thought it, it certainly made me feel emotional, in it, which is what it was intended to do. Yeah. So, you know, she's, she sits down, she does her protest. The song kicks in, she's escorted on the bus. For me, it all worked. But what did you think? Uh, yeah, I didn't mind it, actually. I thought it was a good a good way of, 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 of sort of tugging at the heartstrings a little bit and just reinforcing the... Um, the 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 scene the, the impact of that scene and how important it is i think it did a decent enough job of you know bringing home the emotional aspects of it i think it added an extra layer of of emotion to it yeah I and mind. i didn't re yeah. i didn't realize the, i didn't realize the importance of the song as well cuz to me it was just a good fitting song for the moment but apparently it it does have a a bigger connotation this song i'm told in america it's used for the black lives matters and i don't know apparently it's quite an important song to do with that which i didn't know until it was uh, pointed out to me so right, right. again i think it a lot of people will have got that so it probably meant something more to them i thought okay now i know that that's even more fitting that they used it but i didn't know that at the time to me it was just like yes yeah, this, this is you know this works for what's happening on the screen. But yeah, I understand it had a bigger connotation, a bigger meaning to it, which I think is great. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Andrew Day, wasn't it? Yeah. Andrew Day, that's it. Yeah. Uh, the only other thing I wanted to ask you was, because um, I was a little bit confused about the asteroid at the end being named. It, it felt like sort of one, it felt, I don't think it really needed it, to be honest. I think oh, the episode, yeah, yeah. The episode yeah. did what it needed to do for me. And I was absolutely gobsmacked by it it felt like sort of one thing too much i did i mean it was a nice scene i don't mind it it just i don't think it needed because i didn't really understand it she was saying an, an asteroid had been named after or something yeah i think they were just saying that she she's not she wasn't forgotten not forgotten yeah which yeah. is nice i mean as i said i don't don't mind it. i just thinking it, it probably didn't need it one thing i did think though is considering how fantastic this episode looked in terms of production the TARDIS set looks so plasticky in that last scene. <laughs> it does. Yeah. I was thinking, oh no, this episode looks so good up to now. Yeah. But they were sort of stood on the edge of it and you got to see those crystal columns. They look like they're made of plastic. It looked horrible. And then you've got the time rotor, which we finally see does go up and down, sort of wobbling about in the background. We're looking really... That, that for me, just very slightly took me out. I was thinking, oh dear, that's a shame. <laughs> you know, I'm still just not on board with this TARDIS set. It feels it feels like a mess. Like they have to step off of it and, and they're sort of almost stepping outside of the set and you can see the wall and I don't know. It just, 
yeah, didn't really work for me. Because I, I was hoping in this one it would be when I would say, actually, I'm really starting to like this TARDIS set. And, and it was just looked like a plastic set to me. <laughs> I don't know. It just thought it was such a shame after such a visually brilliant episode. We got that that set. But it was a nice scene, a lovely scene with her explaining about Rosa. So, yeah. But I don't know. What do you think of the set, mate? Did it, yeah, I'm still. Did you not, think the same or not? Yeah, it really yeah. jumped out at me. I thought, mm-hmm. oh, look at those awful columns. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, still not blown away at all. No, by I'm not. I'm not like not not grabbing me that one. No, we we get to see more of it in the next episode. Um, we but do. Yeah, it's still not. No, sorry, it's not not doing it for me at all. No, no. no. So that's pretty much me done. I think for this one, Julia. Last thing for me, I really like the music again. I think oh, our yeah. new composer is. Awesome. I can't wait for the soundtrack to come out. I'm I'm with you on that one. You know, every time we've mentioned the TARDIS team in this review, every time I've mentioned the TARDIS team in this review, I can hear a certain piece of music in my head. I'm hearing it now, and I love it. It's that... And I was like, oh, I love this piece of music. We don't need the soundtrack. We've got Adam. you got me. I just can't... I'm like you, mate. I can't wait to... To, to be able to play that loud yeah. on my stereo. Yeah, it's a great, great soundtrack. Right. I think it's me to go first. Okie dokie. If I recall. So I'm going to go straight in with a nine. Yeah. And I'm going to join you with a nine. With a nine, cool. With, cool. with a very strong nine. Yes. Um, yeah, I think I'm only knocking the point off really because uh, old Crasco was a bit weak, but um, there wasn't. I thought everything else was just incredible in this great story. I almost feel like I should do a 9.5 really because this is my favourite episode so far, without a doubt, out yeah. of the four. And I rated Woman Who Fell to Earth as a nine, and I like this one better. Um, okay, yeah. So actually, I suppose. Ugh. Yeah, I, I better go 9.5 then, because otherwise it doesn't work. Because I, I like this one better. I can't rate them the same. So I'm going to go 9.5. There we go. Okay. It was great. Really, really loved it. Have we ever given a 10? I think I gave 10 to the Five Doctors many years ago, because <laughs> I just love the Five Doctors. And, and I don't care what anyone says. That is a 10 and out of 10 for me, personally. But yeah, okay. it, very rarely do we give a 10. Right here. Yeah, 9.5. 9.5. Uh, what did our listeners think? Let's do a couple of these before we move on to Arachnids. Um, so we had a couple on Twitter. And this is my fault. I didn't put out a social media post asking for them, but a few people did say, um, give their reviews over on Twitter. Uh, Theta Sigma podcast uh, said, without doubt, the best of the season so far. And um, oh, hold on. No, no, no. That's that's the wrong one. That's for the next episode. Ah, Sorry. I'll come back to Theta after we've done uh, the next one. But uh, Rotide says, uh, I bloody loved it. Uh, <laughs> it made all my concerns about them messing it all up go away. It really gave uh, the 50s vibe and how they treated Ryan and Yaz. It allowed history to be told while adding its own Doctor Who twist, which didn't impact the real events. Uh, Brill Ep, 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10, yeah. Um, over on Facebook, uh, let's have a look. Uh, uh, Lewis Palmer says, uh, one of the finest tales Doctor Who ever told in Rosa with its importance and emotional weight, we needed a bit of a palate cleanser uh, with arachnids afterwards. Miles um, McKenzie says, Rose was a very strong episode, which I thoroughly enjoyed. Uh, they didn't shy away from the racism, which took me by surprise, 
but mm. shows how far we've come as a society. Uh, and uh, he goes on to give it a 7.5. Cool. Yep. Um, let's have a look. Uh, Charlie Turner says, um, uh, Shakespeare code level too over the top. I normally don't mind stuff like this, um, but it just seems to go too far. Uh, the ending is nice enough, though. Um, very middle of the road with this one. I'm very sorry. A five out of ten. Good grief. Yeah. Uh, Joseph Howarth says, um, it was a strong episode and didn't shy away or try to sugarcoat this powerful moment in history. Uh, the only weak link was Crasco. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and um, he gives Rosa an eight out of ten. We had a couple of audio clips in as well. Cool. This uh, is TARDISNet66. Hello, Gary and Adam from the Big Blue Box podcast. Well, I thought Rosa was the best of the series so far. Easily the best historical story since Vincent and the Doctor. I thought Annette Robinson was fantastic as Rosa Parks. Um, and it was back to um, how historical stories were envisioned back in the 1960s, as it felt very educational. And not only that, but it was about a very relevant um, piece of subject matter as it dealt with racism. And um, it showed truthfully how racism was back in the 1950s. And I thought overall it was a real touching and emotional story and it's going to be very difficult to top in the rest of the series. If I have any complaints though, I thought Crasco was a very weak villain. He just had very little threat and he didn't have much in the way of motivations for me. But overall, I love the story. Coolio. Excellent. Thank you very much. And uh, lastly, this is Sammy Satine. Hey, Gary and Adam. Sammy Satine here. So, Rosa, when I went to Washington, D.C. a few years ago, I saw a statue of Rosa Parks in the Capitol building. I also saw the spot on the Lincoln Memorial where Martin Luther King stood and gave his I Have a Dream speech. We also saw his memorial. I say this because both these two people featured in this episode. Also, we saw the return of the Time Space Visualizer. As last seen in the first Doctor's era, it was incredibly well done this episode. Props to Vinette Robinson for her portrayal of Rosa Parks. Well done, Rosa, and well done, Doctor Who, for teaching kids about history again. I give it nine Montgomery buses out of ten. See ya. Thank you very much, Thank Sammy. Thank you, Sammy. Sammy. So that's our uh, reviews and stuff done for Rosa. Yep. Uh, shall we move on to our next review? Yes, I think we should. What have we got? Arachnids in the UK. Big spider problem in this city, Yaz. Glad to be home. Go on, Daisy. Tell me exactly what's going on, admitting no detail, no matter how strange. There you go. <laughs> Another eight and a half second teaser. <sighs> oh, dear. <laughs> uh, right then. Arachnids in the UK. Is this a play on the Sex Pistols? Tight anarchy. Enough, anarchy in the UK. Could be, because I think the first episode was a play on the Bowie, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Arachnids. Uh, obviously, just this Sunday, gone the 28th. Uh, it was directed by Sally Abrahamian. I hope I'm saying that right. Uh, it was written by uh, the Chibbers, and it's got the usual TARDIS team with some fairly decent 
and fairly not decent supporting characters. The story mm. is um, <laughs> there's a, a laboratory that are experimenting with spiders. They throw one of the dead carcasses away to what they think is a responsible, disposable waste company. But it turns out that this big uh, American tycoon dude um, has built his hotels on top of landfills and this company has dumped the carcasses in there. But one of them wasn't quite dead. All the toxicity from the landfill has mutated it into a giant spider. More big spiders are born and then it dies. That's it. What's your score for this one? <laughs> well, let's just say this to me felt like a <laughs> typical Chris Chibnall script yeah, in right. that it um, had a great build up, some very nice moments and ideas, and then just fizzled out to nothing, which is what he always blimmin' does. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I must admit, on a first watch, I it finished and I just went, oh, we were doing so well. Um, mm-hmm. I enjoyed it more on a second watch, though, a little bit more. Um, so actually, yeah, I suppose quite a bit more. Actually, I did enjoy this overall, but there are s- some things that really let it down. Uh, the the yeah. conclusion, mm-hmm. some of the supporting cast with their dreadful acting and the way the Doctor was written. So right. this is a mixed bag for me. I kind of like, I kind of like, can watch it, and find it an enjoyable, enjoyable 50 minutes of TV. But, um, is it great? No. Is it good? Mm. Is it average? Yeah. (laughs) So it is kind of what we needed after last week's episode. I know a lot of people have said that and I agree with them. You know, last week's episode, very heavy. We needed something a bit more light and adventurous this week. So I get that. Mm -hmm. And that's what it was, but man, this could have been, this could have been so much better. Uh, it really could have such a weak ending really killed it for me. Uh, in another, you know, cause I was quite, quite enjoyed it up until the end really. Yeah. So that's where I am on it. It's a bit of a, bit of an average one for me. Yeah, no, I agree, mate. It's, um, it's for me, it's average at best. Oh, average at best. At best. Yeah. <laughs> I found this one just, Shivers. I found this one incredibly predictable mm. and very just, I just didn't, I, when I finished watching it, I just didn't think. I just didn't take anything away from it at all after yeah, I finished yeah. watching it. Because after the previous episode where it hits you like a slap in the face right mm. from the off and then it leaves you really emotional, it's a bit of a, you know, that type of story. This one, it was just like, what is going on here? Mm. You know, it's like the, it. Once I don't know what is going on with Chibbers in respect to monsters and villains and stuff. They're just not threatening enough. No. Even like the giant spider. Like the only the only threat that we saw in this was when Ryan and Graham get chased down the corridor. Yeah. Yeah. And then they just escape and they just shut the doors and everything's fine. And then there's the other bit where Jodie sort of lowers her, lowers herself down into the the broken bath. Mm. She turns around and sees the big spider. And then she just comes back up again and they all run out and nothing really happens. And then at the end, it's like, well, the spiders, I see what they were doing in terms of the spiders weren't these. It's not like um, Metabilis 3, is it? They're not evil spiders. It's not like, you know, the great one from, you know. Yeah, the great one. Yeah, it's not like that Mm. where they've got these like, um, what's the word, these... um, superior intelligent beings that are from Mm. space that they just look like spiders and they've got 
intentions of ruling the world. It's not like that. They're, you know, not their fault. They've just been mutated as a result of being dumped in the, the toxic waste. And then at the end, it's dying anyway. And it's, you know, it just seems... Because they, they did get a, a person on board to act as like a, a scientific correspondent to make sure that the science-y stuff behind the spiders was all bang on. Mm. Which is great in a way, but there was just no payoff from it. It was like, well, yeah, you've taught us a little a little bit about spiders, which is good. But in terms of being an entertaining story, I mean, it's kind of timed okay, I suppose, with coming up to Halloween. You know, we needed a bit of a creature feature kind of story, I guess. Mm. But it wasn't, but because they were so, they were going down the scientifically accurate route. It didn't really have that. It was more of a science experiment gone wrong, and and it was just all cleaned up nicely. And you know, it was it just didn't go anywhere. I did, when I finished it watching, fizzled it, out. Yeah, I just thought, what did I just? Why did I just sit and watch that? I mean, that was just a complete mid-series filler episode with nothing going on. The only, the only little nuggets that we sort of took away from it was the little bit of progression we had with Graham and. And, yeah. and Ryan, you know, he gets the letter from his dad. and Yeah. So we have a bit more. We see a bit more of Yaz finally. We see Yaz and her family, which is really good. And we have that really hor- horrible bit where Graham goes back to the house and mm. he sees, he, oh God, he sees Grace there, but she's blurred out. It's like in his sort of... Subconscious. Yeah, and it's really sort of upsetting really because he's... It's the first time he's sort of confronted his grief. You know what I mean? You see him staring at the house and he doesn't want to go in. Which has a nice little lead up at the end. You know, you can see at the end the doctor's gutted, they're all going and they're like, well, actually, coming home pretty much sucks. <laughs> you know, we don't, yeah. want, we don't want to be home. You know, Ryan doesn't want to go back to being a factory worker. Mm. Yaz doesn't want to be around her family anymore because they do a nut, does a nutting. And Graham doesn't want to be alone with his grief. So they yeah. see traveling with the doctor as escaping all of that you know sucky stuff mm. so that's the only bit in the whole episode that has a bit of weight to it the rest of it was just complete throwaway. why are we why are you, come on chibbers you're better than this you it are could have been so good couldn't it mate i, yeah. I really thought they were going to push because you know this series has pushed boundaries a bit in it in terms of ramping up the you know the style the effects the you know the tension the hard-hitting drama so this week i thought yeah it's halloween weekend sort of um spiders which i you know i am a bit scared of spiders i thought okay it's gonna be creepy i want to be scared i want to be jumping out of my seat every 10 minutes these spiders didn't scare me at all they they really could have ramped up the horror in this couldn't they i mean i, I didn't it didn't need to be an 18 certificate but man it it, it needed something especially it for really, halloween especially for halloween i just yeah. expected to be more scared because you know of the subject matter if you like but this is the thing it i i got to the end of this episode and I was sort of angry really it's you know because you know I was thinking this is episode four we are at the heart of the series pretty much next week we are halfway through this series and, and if rumors are to be believed we're not going to get another series for well over a year so I'm thinking come on yeah, this needs yeah. to be good we don't have time for substandard filler episodes we want every episode to be to a certain standard you know and this wasn't up there um, it could have been though, mate. It it just needed a few tweaks. It could have been a great episode it, if they'd have made the spiders a bit more scary. If we'd have seen them do something, but also if we'd have had a proper conclusion. Yeah. My partner was watching this to me, and he turned to me and said, "Oh, what what happened? Did I miss something?" 
Mm-hmm. I was like, yep. no, you didn't miss anything. We just didn't get a conclusion. It just, they basically, I think what we were supposed to, you know, just make up the ending in our head that the spiders all go to that room, presumably until they grow big enough to die. And perished. And perish, which is a yeah. horrible thing. Um, and when old, what's his name from <laughs> old Mr. Big from Sex and City, when he came in with his gun and shot that spider, what the hell's going on with the writing? The doctor didn't do anything. She didn't even like tell him off. No, or, or no. you know, I was thinking, come on, Jodie. <laughs> like I, I'm, I'm blaming Chris for this more than her, obviously, but she did nothing. You know, I was thinking, can you imagine Tennant in that situation as Tennant's doctor? Can nuts. you imagine yeah. what he would have done if that guy had come in and shot a spider? You can imagine him giving one of those great Tennant gritting the teeth spit coming out. Mm-hmm. You don't, you know, I'm thinking it was only the other week that the doctor was telling that guy off who was nearly killed on the crane <laughs> for pushing the baddie off the crane. She's like, you had no right to do that. But this guy walks in, shoots the spider, leaves the room. Off. I was thinking, now come on, where is the doctor at this point? Yep. You know, where is my doctor that would have said, "Oi"? You know, it mm-hmm. it just it infuriated me, mate. It absolutely infuriated me. And this, and I will come on to this when we talk about Jodie. Just the way the doctor was written in this episode just made me so frustrated. Yeah. And 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 also Jodie's performance as well to an certain extent. But yeah, it just it really really annoyed me. And it, again, it just that along with the fact that we didn't get a proper ending to the story as far as i'm concerned just made it yeah a frustrating episode what happened to all the other spiders across sheffield so all those ones in the in the hotel yeah they go to the base what about all the other ones that are supposed to be scattered across sheffield like the one that was in you know ryan's neighbor's house and the one the shell that bradley found and because i think we were supposed to assume they were all over the place not just in that hotel yeah because jody has that the cool little scene actually where she's got the marker out and she's she's marking out all of the points throughout the city and yeah. it all sort of targets or culminates in this one central bit which is the hotel so there's loads of you know loads because the the scientist woman she's like oh this isn't the first time it's happened and we've got a problem in the city and stuff mm. yeah so like you said are we just to assume that they just die out of their own in, a, in probably the same way that the dead one that graham finds in the in the loft you know, is, yeah. are they all going to just do that? Is people are people just going to find giant dead spiders all over the place, and nothing's going to be said about it? And but only if they're yeah, I suppose. I, but I mean, only if they're playing Stormzy, but you know, Stormzy, yeah. ten decibel vibes. I mean, I just yeah, it just there was there was no proper conclusion to the episode. It really, and that's what frustrates me the most. It it was kind of left up for us to make up our own ending, and then off they go. To, yeah. to a next venture and it just felt half finished this script yeah. um, And but a lot of Chibnall's scripts do and that's why I'm so frustrated with him that's why I'm worried that he's writing so many episodes in, in this series is because he seems to have this formula of really good ideas but he doesn't execute them well enough and he never you know look at Power of Free great idea all these cubes what are they what do they do they land you know great idea episode went nowhere mm-hmm. you know and this was exactly the same I read you, mate. It's just you can you uh, you can tell the frustration in my (laughs) voice. I was just like, "Come on, Chibbers." Yeah, I think it's a bit like, um, yeah, it's a, it's very hit and miss. I mean, Mm. dinosaurs on a spaceship is another example. Mm. That could have been amazing. That could have been this really cool. I know they didn't have a huge budget for effects and stuff back then, 
when was that 2013 or 2012 but you know in terms of story it's a similar sort of thing the the, the whole dinosaur thing that we were hyped up to have because we saw yeah. the trailer with Matt Smith riding on top of the triceratops and that's the, right. the title itself made you think it was going to be this cool kind of Jurassic World-esque Jurassic Park type of thing mm. and that just ended up being not a bit of a oh so we saw two dinosaurs oh, okay not too bad I suppose but I, I <laughs> yeah. see what you mean I see what you mean yeah. he, he, his stories are especially the titles you know it's I, I, oh, I, I'm with you mate it's very frustrating it's very and we do they promise so much and deliver so little yeah let um, me tell you what I did love in this episode. Go on, in, Brad, go on Bradley Walsh. The scenes with him were great. Yeah. You know, he's, he's again, absolutely shining way above everyone else in the, in this episode in terms of his performance. And, uh, you know, he, his, the scenes of him were brilliant. You know, I, I love, um, you know, because again, it's a sentimental stuff. It could be boring. It could be, but because of the way he acted and stuff, those scenes where he was seeing grace and I had a feeling we might get this. I don't know about you. I had a feeling we were going to get flashbacks. I don't know why. Or maybe I just didn't think we'd seen the last of Grace. Right, right. You know, I think she was just too good a character to to sort of just get rid of like that. So I was really pleased that she come back, albeit blurred out in the corner of the room. It still had an impact. Like she's telling him yeah. not to sniff. The, why are you sniffing those, you know, jumpers for <laughs> you silly fool and all that? Loved all that stuff. <laughs> you know, those moments in the script were really nice and, and thing. Um, and it was good to finally get to meet Yaz's family, even though they couldn't act their way out of a paper bag, but at least we got to see, <laughs> see them. This is my other big problem with the episode, mate. The supporting cast in this were dreadful. Oh, dear. Her dad was just awful as an actor, and that woman who was supposed to be the scientist drove me nuts. Her performance, you know, they really took me out of the episode. They, they were dreadful as act, as act, in their acting. I read you. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, I'm going ahead of myself. Let me let's. I'll backtrack a bit. Okay. So, for me, so we're not, I'm not going to talk any more about the story because it was just, okay. it was so basic and predictable. It was yeah. The spiders are loose, and now they're not. It's mm. basically that simple. Yeah. What did you think of the? Con- oh, sorry, I'm jumping ahead again. But what did you think of the conclusion though, with the sound vibes and Stormy and? I mean, that was quite. It. I don't think it was good, but it was funny. Again, we a, got another modern track exactly, in Doctor yeah. Who, though. Yeah, yeah so but sto- I did love the bit when when Ryan turned to Yasm <laughs> and was like, "You're so uncool right now." I did love that moment. Yeah, that whole scene—it was really funny, and it was those yeah. little cool moments where I think, in this instance, I think Ryan sort of shined in this bit because he does have Definitely. a yeah, a sort of little a little pocket of sort of real humor and confidence about him. It was really cool. The other time we saw it, it was an epic fail when we had the ghost monument episode and he had the whole call of duty thing with the sniper oh, box, yeah. you know, yeah. that was a bit of that sort of fell on its bum a little bit, but this bit I think was yeah. really funny. I know? liked it a yeah. lot. Yeah. Um, conclusion wise, it was just, it was no better than the, the idea in the story as a whole. It was just, why did you do that? Mm. Why the hell did you do that? <laughs> yeah. You know, spiders, you know, spiders terrify the majority of people. Even if you're not terrified, a lot of people are not sort of spider people. They don't really like them. So mm. the power of arachnophobia, that whole, you they could have done a lot with that. They could have done they, a lot, they, yeah. they could have creeped out the entire world with that story and if they'd done it correctly. But it just turned out to be 
And don't get me wrong, the effects were, were pretty good, actually. The spiders look really good. and Yeah, I thought no, the spiders looked good. Yeah. yeah, no complaints with like the visual effects. If we were sort of rewound to the Tenant era, they may have looked a little bit dodgy. Mm. But they looked really, really good, you know. But it's just that it was just their, their, their the use of them was just, mm. they might as well not have done it. It was just... Again, it's another you know. Chibber's trait, though, isn't it? It's a bit like those droids that were in um, Ghost Monument. You know, I said to you, look great. We only got one shot of their face, but they look great. What did they do? Absolutely nothing. And the same with the spiders. They didn't do anything, no. you know. Um, talking of effects, though, sorry, I'll try not to be too negative. I'll say <laughs> a positive here while I remember it. Um, new Time Vortex oh, looks God. lovely. Oh, now, my that God. looked lovely. Totally forgot about that until you mentioned yeah, it. I'm, I'm, look, I'm trying to. Yeah. I'm looking for positives on my pad. That looked, I don't want to be too negative. Now crack. that looked good, and it also had different time loops for the TARDIS to accidentally go in, and yeah. that was cool. Yeah, that looked lovely. I can't. I'm falling in love with that. Mm. That whole. It's a bit like the intro theme as well. You know the sort oh, of I dark. I just love the 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 whole look and feel of that. Now it's just beautiful, mm. like with the dark purples and. Moves and oh my, it just looked they've whoever's on the visual effects for that side of it. Whoever was said, Right, you, you're going to be doing the time tunnel and the time vortex and the space scenes, you know, give, give that person a pay rise because <laughs> it just, oh, when I saw it, I was, yeah. It looked great and it was lovely the Brilliant. way it, it went through the vortex a few times and then sort of come down on the console and, and, and into the TARDIS, didn't yeah, it? Yeah. What a lovely shot. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really, really nice. Yeah, yeah. awesome. That, so that was the only sort of slight couple, the only couple of scenes that were sort of amazing. That, what I thought, wow, this is brilliant. You know, and then you just got, you know, it's like, we need to see a decent bit, you know, let's see a decent time vortex. Mm. And then we got ahead of ourselves the universe answered and slapped us back down with mediocre story. Yeah. It's like that it actually, And it started off promising, didn't it? With the shots of the hotel, they're all really low angles. I thought, oh, creepy hotel, spider webs. This is good. But it, again, just sort of went out the window really quickly. Um, yeah, agreed. Mm-mm. Out the window. Okay, <laughs> so no more story stuff because it's, it, yeah. yeah. Uh, characters. What did you think? So we've spoken about Yaz's family, the dad. Yeah. Do you agree with me? that Because it, it, I get quite annoyed when people, you know, like in Rosa last week, I mean, even the extras, even the people in the bar that just were giving looks were up to a certain standard of being believable. He comes in and he's saying his lines like he's on a stage. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, dear, oh, dear. Where did they find him? Because it's, it's letting everybody else down. You know, everybody's of a certain standard. And we've already said Bradley Walsh is acting everybody off the stage at the minute. Um, But yeah, her dad, what was his name? The actor, he was just Uh, so hammy. I think it was Hakeem Khan. Yeah. Uh, No, sorry. That was the actor's name. Uh, Sorry, the character name. Uh, The Mm. guy's name was Ravin uh, Ganatra. To be fair, he wasn't in it that much. No. And he's not the worst offender. I'll come to her in a minute. But um but yeah, it did it did annoy me because it just takes me out of the story when you get somebody acting like that. You Indeed. Know? Yeah. Uh, so Yaz's sister then, Sonia. Uh, she was okay. She wasn't too bad because she's 
got her eye on Ryan and I love that little scene where she's like oh you two not together that's good and he gives a sort of oh my god so that was cool and I thought she was alright actually she wasn't too bad yeah pretty good yeah Yazzie's mum she was alright I suppose she didn't start off very good but I think by the end I'd sort of warm to her more um, you know because she's I don't know why I found the, her questioning how she knew the doctor a little unnatural actually because I don't know right. why like in that situation, she's like really banging on about it when she's like, how do you know each other? I'm not sure that that yeah. would have actually happened. But yeah, no, she wasn't too bad, actually. I've seen her in other things as well. I recognize the actress. I don't know her name. Uh, yeah, it was uh, Shobna Galati. Okay. She's I've been seen, in loads, yeah. I, think. I think. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. I recognize her for stuff. Yeah, I thought she was okay. Certainly better than the rest. She yeah. was really funny in an old Victoria Wood comedy called Dinner Ladies. Oh, that's where I know her from. Really? Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think she was in Corrie for a few years as well. Yeah. No, she wasn't too bad. Yeah. Now, one the scene that I did find confusing where she says to the Doctor and Yaz, are you two seeing each other? And for mm. some reason, the Doctor said, I don't know, are we? Yeah. As if you wouldn't know. Which yeah. Is... I think that's the Chivers trying to write the Doctor as alien. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. yeah I just, I couldn't. I don't, that didn't work for me. I could, I see what, what, why she was doing that because the doctor's very much been like, am I this? Am I not? Am I Banksy? Am I not? Am I this? Am yeah. I not? Um, but that just didn't work because it's too direct a question. It's not like, you know, when someone says to you, are you hungry? It's either yes or no or, mm. you know, whatever. Or is the sky blue? Yes. You know, it's it's a direct question. It's like, are you seeing that person? It's not a, Oh, I don't know. It just yeah. didn't work for me. She does, because she does say it about Ryan as well, doesn't she? She's like, oh, are you two seeing each other? And they're like, no. Exactly, yeah. You know, maybe it, it was just her trying to be like a mumsy, oh, you know, they want her to get hitched up with someone maybe. But just going back to the Jodie thing, we did also get some confusing, some like some glances across the console at the end. Is, is this yeah. going somewhere? Between Yaz and the Doctor. When she's like, yeah, there was a bit of a... I know, I know. I don't know if it's... a bit of a look as if like they might actually like each other a little bit more than friends. Or certainly Yaz might like the Doctor, but no, I'm telling you, you go back and watch that ending. There are some little, it's very subtle. Yeah, I know what you mean. There's a little look, there's a little moment between the Doctor and Yaz. And I'm thinking also with her mum saying that, maybe Yaz likes boys and girls. Or maybe she likes just girls. Maybe she just likes boys. I don't know. But there seemed to be something being implied there. Okay. I know what you mean. I saw I saw the look. I just thought that was a look of, oh, this is awesome. Like, welcome back aboard officially. Sort of. I think it's going somewhere. You think it's more? Okay. I do. Okay. I, I, I don't know. We'll shall see. But there was a... You're calling it. There was a, there was a moment, I thought, between the Doctor and Yaz right at the end, albeit a very subtle one. But I don't know. Could be wrong. Okay. We'll see then how that we transpires. We'll see. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, who else was there? Right, Chris Noth, who played the awful hotel <laughs> owner, stroke politician, stroke. Oh, the Donald Trump. Yeah, come reject. on, Chibbers, come on. If you're gonna know, write, obvious. if you're gonna write somebody who is, for the world can see, is just a, a carbon copy of Donald Trump, mm. then at least make it either more subtle so it's left up to the viewers 
you know, thought process afterwards to think, actually, that guy was like Donald Trump. I could see what he was doing there. Or put a red baseball cap on him and a red tie and just do it properly. <laughs> what is this stupid, like, middle ground, like, oh, no. gun solve all the problems? Oh, yeah, this sounds like Trump. Yeah, Hotel owner before he was a politician. Oh, this sounds like Trump. Running for president. Oh, this sounds like Trump. Just freaking do it properly. Yeah. Or just don't do it at all. What's this middle groundy? And Ugh. and what is the better again? Another one. Another one that's just walked away. Is he coming back we, the next time we see him? Is he going to be president? Because that was hammered home. He was, wasn't yeah. it? It was yeah. hammered home that he he's desperate to be the next president. So are we? Gonna, is he going to pop back in an episode as the president as a gun toting Trump Mark II? Well, oh yeah, I think so. Another maybe. one, another episode where the villain, well, if you can call him that, just walked away. It's another one. Yeah, I mean, it's just. He should have died in that episode. In this episode, he should. He have, should have been eaten by a spider. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Which is, I suppose, again, would have been a bit predictable, but it would have been welcomed. It would have I, been. Yeah. I've got to tell you, mate, I'm disappointed in him actually because when we saw him in the big cast role of guest actors, I oh, thought, yeah. oh, yeah. I, I recognised him because now this will surprise you, but I, I actually quite like Sex in the City. I've watched them all, Christ. and he's no, I know, but he's a big part. <laughs> he's a big part of that series, and he's. And he's good in it. And I thought when he first popped up as this snidey big shot hotel, I thought, oh, yeah, he's good casting. He'll be good. <laughs> He'll be good as that. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't. He was sort of he wasn't taking it seriously. He was really hamming it up. And I thought, oh, no, Chris, I know you can do this, man. I know you can. I know you can be good in this part. Why are you not being good in this part? Yeah. You, yeah. you know what I mean? I know that he could be better because, um, yeah. Yeah, you know, sexy. <laughs> he's he's good in that. He's good at the part that he plays in that series, and he could have been good in this. Um, do we put that down to the director, or do we put it down to the way he was written? I don't know. Or do we just put it down to Chris North not getting into the role? Mm. But um, yeah, I was disappointed in him. I I was expecting to him to be the character that I loved to hate. Yeah, yeah. I thought yeah. he's going to be that really annoying, but I'm going to like his performance. And I didn't, yes. you know, there yeah. was a bit where he was hiding with the gun, talking to the spiders. He's like, ha ha, I'm talking to spiders now. Oh God, it was cringe. It's it was dreadful. total yeah. cringe. Yeah. It's, I'm telling you, mate, he could have been good. I don't know. Such a shame. Yeah. It was just the predictability of it. It was, yeah, you yeah. know, the whole mirroring Donald Trump's sort of progression yeah. into the White House. It was just so predictable and obvious. It was like, come on, just do something, yeah. do it, do it directly. So we, you know, so there's no confusion or just don't do it. Just yeah. find, find what you want to do. It, it felt well, like, um, but to be honest with you, mate, the whole thing just felt like a, you know, when you buy an album and you think, oh, this has got some cracking songs in it. And then you get midway through and you think, uh, skip this one. Let's skip. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Let, yeah. Let's skip to the next track. This is exactly what it feels like. And, and, and also we got this joke scene where the doctor was like, are you Ed Sheeran? And I didn't find that funny at all. You know, no. like last week when she was like, Am I Banksy? I could be Banksy. Now that I liked. That was cool. Yeah. This week she's doing this stupid Ed Sheeran joke and I was just like, this isn't working. This isn't working at all. Why would he be Ed Sheeran? It, yeah. Well, she tried, again, yeah. She tr- uh, so I'm going to come back to this when we talk about Jodie, but again, down to the <laughs> writing. The way the Chibbers is writing here, it's just like cringe. Yeah, and it's down, I think it's, um, she does try to explain it. She's like, everyone talks about Ed Sheeran. But I think I was, that's, 
in other words, what because they were all because she was the only one who didn't know him. You mean? And, yeah, I think she yeah. tries to say that because Ed Sheeran is so popular, mm. the whole world knows who Ed Sheeran is. I think that's where she was going with it. But that's that's old news. You know, Ed Sheeran's been popular for like six years. Do you know what I mean? It, it, again, it doesn't. It just it doesn't. doesn't work. To no. me, it feels like a joke that Chibber's put in there, but it didn't. It didn't pay off. No. for me. Yeah. Oh dear. Mm. Uh, so TARDIS team then we've spoken about Graham Bradley Walsh stealing the show for me just absolutely, absolutely I'm doing the doing the biz doing the biz uh, Ryan um, as always consistently he, he's been great toasting Cole's very very yeah. good and he has a couple of funny little moments in this but he just didn't have anything sort of good to work with it felt like he just didn't have a, a real meaty script that he could get hold of it felt like he had a couple of cool little funny scenes and a couple of cool little emotional scenes, and that was his lot. I think throughout the, the the majority of the episode, it was a little bit sort of paint by numbers. Yeah, I must admit, I did, uh, on the second time I watched this, when I enjoyed it slightly more, um, I did like, there was a bit of bonding between Graham and Ryan. A little bit. Because it, yeah. actually the, the progression between those two has been really well done, actually. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, episode one and two, Ryan's like, oh, just doesn't really want anything to do with Graham. He's he's warming towards Graham, and particularly in this episode, yeah. um, they're actually sort of on really good terms. And there is a bond growing between those two where, and I, I, I do really like that. I really like the character progression between those two characters because it's been done very well, actually. It's been quite subtly building, yeah. you know, it. Ryan's still not there. He's still not calling in granddad, but he's talking more to Ryan and understanding more Ryan's feelings about his gran. And so I really do like the progression between those two. And there yes. were a couple yeah. of nice scenes between them. Um, but yeah, I guess apart from that, he didn't get much to do, but that was that great scene at the end where he, he played the music and I thought Tosin was, was really good in that. Mm. He, he was good in the episode. Yeah. Well, when they catch the spider, that was nice as well. You know, oh, that Graham cool. and yeah. Tosin, yeah. and he's got to shove the, the, the tin over it. So that was good. There were some good moments. And, um, oh, and he does this thing in the projector where he's like making, um, what do you call it? You know. Uh, All this hand puppet shadows. Hand puppet yeah. shadows. And I thought that was so subtle. That was but cool. Yeah. Almost felt like that was just Tosin messing around. I don't, I was like, is that, is he, does he know he's in shot? That's great. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm, I'm liking Tosin a lot. Yeah, there was some nice little, yeah, little bits between him and Graham, uh, and then Yaz. Obviously, we get to see a bit more of her and what she's about, and mm. nothing really to do with her job at the minute because she is a police officer, isn't she? But we don't really see anything else to do with what? that. Why does her family drive her mad as well? We haven't quite got because there seems to be. She's mentioned it a few times now, hasn't she? Like especially at the end, where she's like, "I just, yeah. you know, I love my family, but they drive me mad, and I've got to get away from them." And, I don't know where that's going or what that's about, but she's good. I do. I like, I like Mandit Gill. I've really warmed to her as character as well. But again, we do need a little bit more. We need to, you know, need a bit more for her to do, I think really, uh, in the writing. But yeah, I thought her performance was good. Yeah. Performance. I think those guys consistently have been really good since the series kicked off. Yeah. I I love that. I love our TARDIS team and I'm I'm surprised that I like all of them and I'm really pleased about that because there's normally one that you there's normally a the TARDIS there's Let's normally one the isn't there that you like, I wouldn't <laughs> there's normally one that you wouldn't miss if they got blown up with the dinosaur you know there's normally one <laughs> <laughs> but I have to At say if one. anything happened to 
to, to these three, I'm, I would be upset. And I do, yes. you know, our good friend, Brad Wilf, he keeps saying that he's convinced Graham's going to die. And I tell you what, if that happens, I'm going to be in bits. Yeah. And I keep yeah. thinking of that scene of the doctor blowing a kiss in the trailer thinking, Martin, if you're right, <laughs> and that is her saying goodbye to Graham. Oh my word! Yeah, do you know what? I don't think I'm ready for that. <laughs> Bloody Martin at Bradwell. He's. I know. That's been he's in, my it in my head the whole time now. I know. Little, I know. Little bugger. He could be completely wrong. It's just conjecture. But yeah, yeah, I know. What about Jodie then? I know you're itching to. Oh, what, what's the matter then? Do you think she was gone back? To, do you think she's just gone back a step in this episode? She's just not shining for me. I, again, I was so frustrated with her. And and the writing, just I'm I'm putting most of this at Chibber's feet. Actually, um, the way she was written really annoyed me this week. She's back to doing all the silly gabble of, oh, is that a sofa? Do I like sofas? Oh, I might like sofas. Oh, is it going to be perfect? And she's talking at 100 miles an hour, and she's just talking absolute nonsense. Um, <laughs> and Jodie's performance just isn't up there with what it. I would would want it to be. Not in it's this just one. not strong yeah. enough. Um, I said it earlier. I just wanted to go up a gear. <laughs> this is the fourth episode now, and I thought she was getting there last week. I really liked her in Rosa. She toned it down. The way she was written was good. She was strong. This week she's gone back to being, for me personally, just not good enough. It's she's not shining as the Doctor. Right, she's just right. there. She's for one of a better word. She's just drifting through the episodes. I don't see her standing out at all. Um, I get that she's part of the TARDIS team, and I love that. But um, she's yeah, it's frustrating the hell out of me because I absolutely want to love Jodie. I want her to be my favourite Doctor because you know whenever there's a new Doctor, I want them to be. I, I love you know I love. Jodie's doctor. I, I'm not feeling her as the doctor at the minute. Um, to the extent I should. I like her. Mm-hmm. She's good, but the way she's being written by Chibbers, I'm finding quite annoying actually. And I don't think her acting's been up to the, the sort of standard I'd expect it to be. Right. As I said, Bradley Walsh, he's absolutely blowing her off the screen with his acting. He's believable. He's grounded, and he can move me. And I'm just not feeling that from the Doctor, and that's what I would normally expect to be feeling yes. by yeah. by this point in a in a new series, you know. So, yeah, it's a frustration more than anything. I love Jodie to bits, and you know, and I want to love her Doctor, but I've got to be honest, she's got to she's got to do something, you know. Um, and and I'm going to come back to that scene I mentioned earlier when the guy shot the spider, you know. Where's the doctor in that scene? I don't see the doctor because she did absolutely nothing. She didn't even like have a go at him. There's like about five seconds of silence after that where he just walks out the room and she just stands there looking at the spider. Where is the doctor in that scene? Because I don't, I don't see the doctor there. And, and that, as I said, it it frustrates the hell out of me. You know, yeah, I need to see more from, from Jodie's doctor because at the minute, she just ain't quite got it for me. And I, I hate saying that. Yeah, you know, no. I really do. I hate saying it, but it's my honest gut feeling is I'm just like, come on, Jody, up it, you know, ramp it up a gear. Yeah, you know, especially yeah. with the acting. She's just not, I don't know, I can't put my finger on it, but I hope you know what I'm saying. No, I do, yeah. mate. I, I, exactly. I think it's, it's frustrating because I think you'll agree. She is a, a phenomenal actress. She's got the, she she can be just brilliant. There were certain scenes and last the last week's episode and some other bits where yeah. she's had these little flashes of brilliance and you think, wow, 
She's an amazing doctor. She's brilliant. But I think it's the right... I honestly feel like it's not her. I think it's the scripts that she's been given. Yeah. The difference being is, I think because we've been spoiled by such amazing acting choices in the past, if you think to all of the previous Doctors since 2005, they have been the Doctor from episode one. Mm. Especially Matt Smith. Yeah, you yeah. Know, um, they've all been, well, Capaldi to an extent. I think he was, again, not his fault. He was sort of messed around a little bit with his writing. Mm. He was very inconsistently written. Yeah. But for the most part, especially Matt Smith, they've all sort of kicked off from the ground running. Like, yes, th- you know, this is, they are just the Doctor. I think Jodie just hasn't quite, I don't know, she just hasn't quite landed that yet i think she's on her way she's very close and mm. she just needs she just needs like this belter of a script that allows she her does. to um yeah that allows her to just run with it and just be her own you know her own doctor and stuff i, I am putting i'm putting most of the blame of the writing you know i just feel like she hasn't made she hasn't put her own stamp on it yet for me um and i can't explain what it is that's, that's missing but something is you know uh, like you said, with like Matt, for example, in the eleventh hour, he just immediately felt like the Doctor, and I knew that he was going to go in there and sort everything out. With Jodie, when I say she's drifting through each story, like you look at the Rosa Parks story, great, she was written really well, but there were scenes in that, for example, when they got thrown out of the bar, yeah. you know, because uh, they, you know, we don't serve black people in here. They threw her out. I thought she's going to go back in there. You know, they're all going to come out. She's got them out of danger. She's going to go back in there and make a good little speech now. Like she's going to rip into them and say, "You were no." There's no. I just don't see that fire that the Doctor has inside him. And I get that every Doctor's different, and they should be different, and they should put their own spin on it. Mm-hmm. But I just don't quite know Jodie's Doctor yet. I don't. She seems a little bit like Capaldi's Doctor in Series Eight, and to an extent Series Nine. She feels a little bit inconsistent to me. And right. And Chibbers gives her these silly lines, which I think demean her performance. Because like you said, Jodie's a great actress. I know she's got it in her to be an, an incredible doctor. And I'm on board with her doctor. I so want her to be like my, you know, my favorite doctor, if you like. But when he's given her lines like, oh, do I like sofas now? And I, it feels like it's been done. It yeah. feels a bit like, well, Matt Smith might have said that. You know, write her as her doctor. Don't try and write her as... The quirky, oh, that's something the temp doctor might have said, or you know, you know, even even the custard cream dispenser. As much as I loved it, you know, Matt Smith doctor had the jammy dodgers. That's his doctor. Do something new. Make Jodie's doctor her doctor. Yeah. Don't try and write her as this quirky second rate. You know, oh, do I like purple? I might like purple. Oh, are we in a relationship? I don't know. And I'm just like, no, it's just frustrating me. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I think I agree with you, mate. I think overall, she's great. I think overall, as they made they made the right decision. If when they said right, we want a female doctor, who are we going to cast? I, th- I think they made the you know great casting decision. She is very very good. She's brilliant, mm. but I just feel like her the writing has let her down a little bit thus far. Yeah, yeah. That, I what, need to see her getting stuck in that. You know, like next week, and I keep saying this every week though. Like next week, we we haven't got much to go on by the trailer, but. You know, let's see the doctor getting stuck in being strong and and solving it. And you know, yeah, I'm going to stop now. But I think I think you know what I'm trying to get at. Yes, I you know, know, and I don't expect people to agree. I know 
I had a big argument with someone, you know, in, in a chat recently the other day, because it does seem that people get very defensive if you start criticizing Jody. And I get that, you know, and I, and I, I like the fact that a lot of people love her. They, they, they really course, love yeah. Jody. And yeah. that's great. I'm just frustrated that I don't feel that, you know, and as a fan, cause I really want to, you know, mm-hmm. that's all I'm saying. I, if you're loving Jody, don't hate me for not. I, you know, because I want to be where you are. I want to love her as a doctor, but at the minute, I'm just liking her. Yes. I'm thinking, yeah, yeah, she's okay. You know, I want to absolutely love her and say, God, that bit where, you know, that bit where Jody did this, that was amazing. I, I can't say that about anything yet. You know? Yeah, it's, well, yeah, I mean, I don't think we should feel, we don't, we shouldn't feel any way about it, about feeling this way. That's just the way we feel. It's just the way it is. Yeah. It is. It's and, just, yeah, and long-time listeners of our show will know that we will never, ever just sit here and say, oh, she's fantastic and brilliant, because that's yeah. the public consensus. We're not going to absolutely And she is good. She is good. She's but good. like she's you great. said, I know yeah. I know she's got a fantastic doctor in there, if if she's written well, just like Capaldi. They exactly. just need to start yeah. writing it better, I think. I yeah. think it has got a lot of shades of Capaldi about it. I think it's because mm. it's the same thing. We, we said exactly the same thing for quite a few Capaldi stories mm. where he, he, as the Doctor, is amazing. He's just not being written well enough for us to see it. Yeah. And yeah. that's the thing with Jodie at the minute. She's great, but she's not... We haven't had that awesome moment where time stands still and a minute it's like, freaking hell. Yeah. She's the, you know, this is the doctor. So I know what you mean. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's me to go first this time, any- isn't it? Unless there's anything. <laughs> let's I'm wrap just, this. Let's get yeah, some let's scores in. You to let's go get, first. Uh, yeah. Let me just have a look. I don't think there's anything else. Oh, one thing I was also disappointed about. Sorry. Oh, sorry to be oh, negative. No. I'm really sorry. <laughs> go on. But I really didn't feel the music in this one like I did the other ones. I really, uh, I, I feel like there wasn't. Uh, like a really cool, sinister, horror-esque, thrillery sort of vibe that we've had in previous ones. Yeah. You know, I just, I don't get wrong, it wasn't, it felt very in the background and just reinforced what was going on in the supposed story. I just didn't have that moment where I thought, right, I need the soundtrack now. I didn't have that yeah. moment. I must admit, actually, now you mentioned that, because I didn't, hadn't thought about that, but maybe it would have been, maybe the... Because I said, you know, it wasn't very creepy and I expected it to be scarier this episode. Maybe the music is a part of that. Because if you get creepy music, it yeah. can add an awful lot of um, uh, tension to a scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. So maybe that was something that was missing, actually. This is uh, not something I thought of until now, actually, until you said that. Yeah. I think that is probably something that was missing this week. Um, the only other thing I've got written down is psychic paper. <laughs> we got to see it very quickly very, very briefly, briefly yeah. a little uh, throwback to the 10th Doctor there which was nice uh, so yeah if we're done then mate I'm going to score this and um, I'm going to go over 6.5 it's uh, 6.5, slightly eh? yeah it was okay I'd watch it again I just don't think it was particularly great I did love the scene actually with the TARDIS team at the end where they all put their hands on the TARDIS and they're off on their adventure and it was a nice scene so that was good. But uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed it slightly less than the Ghost Monument, which I gave a seven. So yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, I am going to score this a very rounded. You're going to give it a five. A five out of ten. I, I knew you would. Yeah. yeah. You're, going, you're going in the middle, aren't you? Five. Right down the middle. I think it was a real average. An average beast with not yeah. many good beasts in it. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> there we go. Let's uh, let's get our listener thoughts on this one. Let's go back to Theta Sigma, mm-hmm. who I thought sent a review for Rose, but it was for Arachnids. He says, without doubt, the best of the season so far. Wow. And Hinchcliffe right up too. Uh, mm. Some brilliant scare moments and some great comedy too. Check out Ryan's Shadow Creatures in the Spider Research Lab. Sadly, yeah. though, Jodie Whittaker is being held back by some poor script. Ah, so he agrees. Gave it an 8.5, though. Okay, that's yeah. good. Rotide says the story was okay. It was basic, as you have the rich idiot who doesn't care against the TARDIS team and other characters. No special concept. However, the episode, much like the others, were character-based um, and was uh, saw and we saw more of Yaz. Got to see more of her family and her personality shine through. I loved the chemistry between Yaz and the Doctor, and I loved the acting from Jodie, and I loved the Doctor mm-hmm. she is becoming. Uh, cool. She does it so well, and I'm loving her overall. A 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10, my word. Crikey. Uh, Time Lord <laughs> 0902 says, Overall, this season has been horrible. <gasps> Good Lord. Bad writing, wooden what? acting, mm. plot holes, Lackluster episodes and boring, annoying companions. Oh dear. Oh no, I love the companions. Makes me miss Adric. Oh, now come on. Time Lord 0902. I think he's having, I think he's having, putting our leg. This could be a wind up. Yeah. Uh, It says, Chibnall is clueless. What is happening to Doctor (laughs) Who? Jodie deserves better than this garbage. Oh dear, oh dear. Wowzers. Mm. I will say this is the first week where I think the acting hasn't been particularly good from the supporting cast. It's the first time it stood out for me. So I do agree with him on that. Like it's the first time I've thought, God, the the rest of the cast aren't pulling their socks up sort of thing. Yeah. Mm. I thought I was being a bit rough with a five. Sounds like (laughs) you would have given it a zero. Right. So Jessica says, I loved it. So creepy, but it wasn't Mm. overdone. Very Halloween appropriate. Uh, It gave you food for thought with the covering up of waste. Uh, Mm. Now I'm going to keep an eye on the growth of spiders in our house. Uh, nine out of ten. Nine out of ten. Okay. Lewis Blackmore. Uh, definitely the weakest episode of series eleven thus far. Uh, just yeah. a very convoluted plot and generally a missed opportunity. It had moments um, such as scenes with Graham, etc. Don't get me wrong, but overall forgettable. Five out of ten. Yeah, same as you. Yeah. Uh, let's have a look. Uh, Sarah Louise back at the Running Hoovian says this was hey. the perfect light-hearted watch to follow up the very emotional Rosa Parks episode. Well-timed for Halloween. I'm sure it had many fans hiding behind the sofa. Good to learn more about Yaz. Uh, she gave it a 7 out of 10. 7, cool. Pretty good. Uh, Harry Brown, good but lacking in places. Uh, Robertson is just a bad character and there's a few plot holes. The spiders, spiders look great. Yaz and Ryan Graham are doing fantastic. 7 out of 10. So Jake, of the spook whistle this week. <laughs> uh, it was an all right episode companions were great didn't like the big baddie guy six out of ten um doctor who is back says uh i wasn't the biggest fan of this week's story uh, i just thought last week's was spectacular but this was lackluster in comparison six out of ten mm-hmm. uh the spooky autumnal world of doctor who dude <laughs> hmm. uh, says i liked it for the most part um but again i've been left with the feeling of something missing yeah, the character yeah. work for the main cast is excellent, and I love Jodie's Doctor. But the supporting car- characters weren't great. No, they weren't. <laughs> uh, who else have we got here? Um, I think that's it for Twitter. I might have missed a couple. I'm very sorry if I did. 
um, over on Facebook. Jeff Waddle, who's been quite complimentary about this series so far. He has, yeah. Uh, he says, uh, 70% good unsettling romp, then fizzled out to an unsatisfactory ending. Quite right. Perhaps less faffing about at the end with the companions, we've already had all that, and the genuine resolution or comeuppance for the villain. He walked away scot three, nothing to say it wouldn't happen again or at any other site around the world. And in the end, he did a good thing by putting the spider out of its misery. Okay. Uh, strange <laughs> yeah. ending, or uh, also perplexed that no line about giant spiders. The doctor saying, I hate giant spiders. They'll be the death of me again, or something similar. Yeah, it could have been, yeah. Uh, I gave it yeah. a seven, though, so pretty reasonable. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lewis Palmer, uh, after one of the finest Doctor Who stories ever told, uh, with its important emotional weight, we needed a bit of a palate cleanser. And Arachnids in the UK does the job well. It's not going to set the world on fire, and there's a handful of issues, but it feels like one I put on a Sunday afternoon, and it's perfect for Halloween. Uh, he goes on to give it a seven out of ten. Miles mm-hmm. McKenzie says it was very enjoyable. Spiders were actually creepy, and we got some more backstory for Yaz. I do like the ex- explanation as to why they're so big and how they're not alien. Loved everyone's performance, especially Jodie. It gives it an 8 out of 10. Cool. Uh, Lawrence Baxter says, uh, it was creepy and pretty unpleasant to watch as the spiders look great. My young self wouldn't have felt comfortable watching this episode at all. So it's very strong from that perspective. I like the story development of the TARDIS team. For me, Graham is stealing the show. Uh, the yeah. Doctor felt very 10th <laughs> Doctor-like in this episode. And I liked the Are You Ed Sheeran scene. Uh, goes on to mm. give it seven bags of toxic landfill out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> Charlie Turner says, uh, I didn't get a chance for Rosa, so I'll comment here if that's okay. Oh, sorry, I already did, Charlie. Very sorry. Uh, lastly on Facebook, Joseph Howarth says, um, uh, where are we? Um, uh, Arachnids was a great story. The spiders were very creepy. Got to see Yaz's family. The episode felt like the green death at times. It and was ev- very green death. Actually. And everyone yeah. was on point with their performances. Um, gave Arachnids a 7.5. Mm. That's it for Facebook. We do have a few audio clips, though, so thank you very much for that. Let's kick off with our old buddy. This is Alex Kingdom. Hello, Gary with the Big Blue Box podcast. How you guys been doing? So I've been away for the beginning of Series 11. I've been busy with college and all the jazz in real life. But let's talk about some science fiction. So, uh... Arachnids in the UK. Myself, not the biggest spider person. However, love this episode. I think Jodie Whittaker is awesome as the Doctor. I like the fact that Sharon D. Clarke had a minimal role, but had a poignant role in the story. When it comes to Graham's story arc, I love the fact, love the interaction between Ryan and Graham. When um, Ryan didn't like the fact that his dad called um, like real family. Sorry, I didn't, I didn't explain that perfectly. Um, I thought the spiders were cool. I liked the, the Trump guy, the guy that didn't like Trump, but was exactly like Trump. It was quite funny in that respect. I'm going to give the story a... 8 out of 10. So you know the fact that this is a nitpick, but I would love the spiders doing from Metabolus 3. Imagine Jodie Whittaker facing talking spiders. Why can't we get good things in 2018? Alex. That would have been yeah. cool. That would have been cool. I Hello was, again. I was surprised we didn't get any reference to Metabolus 3. Just a little throwaway line would have been nice. Yeah. Yeah. Or Metabolus, if you're Matt Smith. <laughs> uh, let's keep the train going. This is George Buddy. Hello, Gary and Adam. 
So, Arachnids in the UK. Uh, I really enjoyed this one, actually. Um, I thought it was going to be a bit meh, but I really, really enjoyed it. I felt very Doctor Who-y, very Pertwee-esque, actually. You know, um, I thought the spiders looked brilliant. I mean, they didn't creep me out as I don't have arachnophobia, but I thought they were really good. The ending uh, was a bit annoying. The Doctor's morals weren't quite uh, right, but uh, apart from that, I'd say it was uh, really, really good. I really, really enjoyed it. I will give it an 8 out of 10 on par with Rosa and the Woman Who Fell to Earth. See you guys next week. Okay. Cheers, George. Very cool. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Sammy Satine. G'day, Gary and Adam. Sammy Satine here. So, Arachnids in the UK. Does anyone else wish they were related to the Spies from Metabolus 3? Might be just me. I have questions after this episode. Lots. I love Graham. His reasoning for staying on the TARDIS. Definitely get that. Give us some scary aliens already, Chibbers. Seriously, I know you can do good characters, but your sci-fi falls down. Spiders are already scary. Make something else scary, damn it. I'm getting frustrated with you like I did with Moffat. I know you can write well, but Moffat writes, wrote sci-fi well. You can write characters well. The difference is I know the Moff can pull off incredible episodes of Doctor Who. I have yet to see you wow me. Do better. I give it... Six giant spiders out of ten. Oh, yeah, and I've changed my mind on the TARDIS interior. I don't like it anymore. See oh, ya. No. Oh, dear. Sammy's not happy. Well, yeah, I, I'm on kind of a griever about the TARDIS. It's, I was hoping I'd love it by now as well. but Yeah. Okay, we have one more audio clip. This is Martin Arnold. Hello, hello, hello. Um, that was a great episode, another great episode. So far, it's been an absolute knockout this season. I'm really enjoying it. Um, I love the spiders, by which I mean I was terrified of the spiders. That was some pretty realistic CGI. You can't, you can't criticise the fact that they've obviously spent some money on um, creating those horrible, horrible things that will haunt my nightmares forever. Um, I, thought, I thought the Doctor in it was brilliant. Uh, she gave a great performance, you know, not too extreme but very sympathetic you know the bit at the start where she sort of clearly wants them to carry on um and then gets invited to tea and is all you know really excited i just it was so charming i loved it um another episode where yaz gets to do a bit more fantastic um i don't ever want to eat her dad's meals they sound horrendous um um and it was great i, I enjoyed it well i was going to say uh, i'd give it an eight 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 legs out of ten Thank you very much. Thank you. Eight legs out of ten. That was a nice scene, actually. Back to Yaz's fatigue. She was charming in that one. Yeah. In that bit, yeah. Yes. No, I agree. Did you have much over on the Geek's Handbag, or did you have too many to... Oh, mate, so many. I've been putting the post out as soon as the episode ends, and I I must admit I've been getting like 40-odd comments. So um, I'll just say that... um, Because I do love reading them. I read them all. And the general consensus was... I. Everybody pretty much like Rosa. Uh, that got a phenomenal response. I think I had one, maybe two slightly negatives about it. Um, one very negative, actually, of Rosa. But overall, it was a great response to that. This one, as you can imagine, was more mixed on Geek's Handbag. I would say it was pretty much 80 really liked it, though. 80% really right. liked it. Because uh, I was quite surprised. Because obviously, after I finished watching it, I put the post straight out, expecting it to get a very mixed response because of my own thoughts on the episode. And I was quite surprised and pleased, obviously, that most people seem to really enjoy it this week. So 
Yeah. Did make me wonder if I was just being a grumpy old, you know what, but you know, I gave it a second watch to see if my opinion changed and it, uh, didn't much. So, but yeah, overall it was fairly positive on this one this week on Geek Sandbag. Oh, cool. Cool. Mm. Right. We will be back as normal, uh, next week. Uh, so I'm going to let you say this one. Our review (laughs) next week will be. Hang on. Yeah. Uh, the Saranga conundrum. Yes. We, we don't know how to say it, do we? It, we think it's a silent T. We've we've unanimously decided. We think so, yeah. So we think yeah. it's a, would you say like the Sunang the Saranga? The Saranga conundrum. Conundrum. It's a cracking title. Um, yeah, but we, we think it's a silent T. You think We're it is. likely to be wrong, but yeah. Yeah, mm. Sunday's up. The Saranga conundrum. So, uh, yeah, look out for the social media post that goes out on a Monday. We're asking for your thoughts and all that jazz. And, uh, yeah, I think we'll wrap there, buddy, for 207. Okay. Thank you, thank you, thank you for sticking with us for this slightly longer show as we've done our double back-to-back review of Rosa and um, Arachnids in the UK. <laughs> I forgot the title. Uh, so thank you so much for sending in your thoughts and uh, audio clips and all that stuff. It's very, very cool. Uh, next week, the Saranga conundrum. We think that's right. Uh, sounds interesting. See how that one goes. Mm. But we'll be asking for your thoughts and stuff on that one. So... Uh, look out on the socials on on the Monday and get your your thoughts and feelings over to us in the meantime nip over to the website www.bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk you can listen to all of our previous shows on there plus you can link off to all of the social accounts if you don't follow us or subscribe you can do that because we chat lots of Doctor Who during the week between episodes and there's also the buttons on there to go off to the various podcast networks so that you can subscribe and not miss a show when it lands on a Friday morning. Uh, the biggest one being iTunes. If you're an iTunes listener, you could spare a minute for a rating and a review. That would be amazing because that really helps us lots and lots and lots. Also, check out Adam's channel, The Geek Sandbag. The Geek Sandbag. Yeah. <laughs> Go over to YouTube and just do a search for The Geek Sandbag. You'll see it there. Give him a sub That's it. and all that stuff. Uh, some awesome videos there on Adam's channel very very cool and Adam's also on all of the normal social stuff so just do a search on that like I said we chat lots of usually random rubbish but there are some little cool nuggets of of Doctor Who in there uh, during the week so get involved in the convo and also when we read out all the comments each week on Facebook and Twitter we're getting to the point where we can't really have the time to read them all in full or all of them so just jump over and sub and follow us on YouTube and Twitter Sorry, Facebook and Twitter and stuff, and you can just join in the conversation and see what we're talking about when we read these reviews out. We've got a very good community around the podcast. It's very cool. Indeed. Yes. So next week, hoping Jodie has a bit more of a a better writing uh, for our episode, for her especially. We shall see. It's written by Chibbers, isn't it, again? We shall see. Mm. Until then, (laughs) my name's Gary. (laughs) My name's Adam. And remember... Hey, hey. 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 hey.